man, that guy ain't even got a Whopper yet. Yeah, he, man, he's not oh, even yeah. close, man. Yeah. Start him off with a Whopper Junior. In the techno and listen to those two pestilential podcasters from Dimension Earth. Bebop and Rocksteady. Forgive me. I mean, Rob and Josh for another episode of Turtle Flakes. <laughs> I crack myself up. Cowabunga, ladies and gentlemen. My name's Joshua Rourke, and with me is Rob Luther, and we'd like to welcome you to another episode of the Turtle Flakes Podcast. Yay! Yay! Yes, I always like it when you take us in, because it's always a little bit different every time. Yeah, I know. I just I kind of forget what I'm supposed to say. Yeah, yeah, but, but welcome to my world. <laughs> which is super ironic, because I remember like when I was just a fan of this show, and I would listen to you and Jay Weezy, and you'd be like, Hey, everyone, my name's Rob Luther. What am I supposed to say? And I'd be like, listening to you, being like... How does this idiot not know what to say? It's his show. <laughs> it's its own show. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. So well, I uh, gotta get on that show so I can tell you what's what. You absolutely, know? absolutely. And here you are. See, you made it happen. And here I am forgetting <laughs> words. You're welcome. Yeah. But right. yeah, today we uh we are doing a, a special episode, sort of. You know, we we haven't covered um this particular content in quite some time. As a matter of fact, the last um the last episode where we covered this type of stuff was way back when my good buddy Landon was on the show, and that was at least a year ago. Um, oh, so man. It's been yeah, a while. This, you know what? This one is going to go down in history as Josh Witt's favorite episode. <laughs> because I know there's a lot of Venus de Milo fans out there. Uh-huh. That's right. Uh-huh. So, so there's a hint for you right there. Right there. So today we're covering some Archie stuff, and we're returning to the next mutation. Um, as a matter of fact, we're returning to... A storyline in the next mutation that is just about to wrap up. This is part five of the East meets West storyline, one of the first storylines in that season or that series, I should say. So, um, we're going to return to the Amazing Adventures series. I don't know if we've ever actually officially covered those, to be honest, but I've never read an Amazing Adventures uh, comic book. See, I did, I did, and at first, I. Th- was the Amazing Adventures or the animated series? It was the animated adventures, and then they reboot kind of. They ended that series and then went for Amazing Adventures. Yeah, I think what IDW wanted to do was kind of get away from the 2012 Nickelodeon continuity and and maybe branch yeah. out and do some other things, uh, and maybe go back to some original Archie stuff. Uh, yeah. and that's why they rebooted it as Amazing Adventures, and we're going to talk about that a little bit more because kind of weird what's going on with with the Amazing Adventures right now. But really liking the Robot Animals miniseries are doing. So we're going to be covering that here in a little bit. Also, before we really kind of get into the meat of the show, I wanted to start doing this, you know, where I give you guys the links right up front. And because a lot of times people, I guess we don't hold your interest sometimes. Uh, you know, yeah. people, they, they kind of skip out on the ending of the show. Uh, but that's okay because I'm going to tell you the same exact thing right now. Um, guys, anytime you want to send us uh, an email, our email is turtleflakespodcast at gmail.com. 
We are on Twitter at Turtle Flakes. That's at Turtle Flakes. We do have a Facebook group page, and although Josh and I aren't on Facebook anymore, we do encourage you guys to join that group because we've got a lot of great, passionate fans there, uh, like Mr. T, um, our buddy Anthony, Craig Holland, um, just a lot of other guys there that, that really contribute. And that web address is facebook.com slash groups slash turtleflakes. We've not gotten a call in a while, Josh, from our Turtlecom line, man. Right. We need somebody to call. We, <laughs> you know what, man? It's 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 like this. We're lonely. We are kind of. You know what? Yeah, we're, we're doing this <laughs> for some fans. Yeah. Because we understand that some of the, some fans out there are just I just need something that's playing in the background. Well, this isn't for them. <laughs> this is for the hardcore people. So if you're a hardcore turtles fan, get on the phone, send us an email, send us a review. You know, because this, I think, like a good like unspoken rule about this is half of the show is about audience interaction. Absolutely. So, not to force you to like be nice to us or anything, but you know, we, you know, <laughs> we understand it's kind of weird. I couldn't agree more. Uh, bottom line is, you know, Josh and I, we love to talk to each other. Of course, as a matter of fact, we just talked for forty-five minutes without recording before um, we even recorded. Yeah, yeah, before we even recorded. But you know, it's a way more fun when we can interact with other fans. You know, and and I feel like. There's no there's no rule with the TurtleCom hotline. Anytime you want to call, if there's anything you want to talk about, whether it's a new toy coming out, whether it's a new comic, or you just watched the latest Nickelodeon show and you want to talk about it, give us a call. Let us know, and and we'll talk about it. Um, mm-hmm. we, we just like hearing from you guys, and it's been a couple of weeks since we've gotten a phone call, so we feel a little lonely there. So, yeah. <laughs> and then the last thing I wanted to mention is that... I finally got around to writing another blog post on my Radical Rob's Turtle blog. <laughs> That's a, such a dorky name. Uh, but, I, what I, but what I did was write about the Mikey the Sewer Surfer variant figure from 1990, yeah. uh, mainly because my son loves that figure, and I wrote about that a little bit. I even did a little video uh, just kind of talking about that. So if you guys want to check that out, Check that video out. It's radrobsblog.blogspot.com. So, yeah, be sure to check that out. Let, let me know what you think. And uh, just always great to share some memories of the Ninja Turtles. I know I'm a little long-winded here, Josh, but i got a couple more shout-outs I want to give uh, before we get started. Not a problem, dude. Awesome. I forgot to do this a couple episodes ago, but our buddy Anthony Hernandez, who's a group member on our Turtle Flakes page, he has a YouTube show he does dedicated to the classic Ninja Turtle toys. If you search up Bat Bomb, all one word, 82, he, he's got a special called Totally Tubular Turtle Tuesdays. And bottom line is he just reviews classic figures. And he's reviewed the Astronaut Raphael, or the Raft the Space Cadet. I know he just recently reviewed the Super Shredder, which was awesome. He shares a lot of his memories. He does a really detailed review of the articulation and the design. And it just looks really professional. Uh, it's very, very well done editing. And um, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. So I will try to put a link in the show notes, if I can remember, to his YouTube channel. But if I forget for some reason, I apologize. And his username, again, is BatBomb, all one word, space, and then the number's 82. So check that out. And also... Since I've been off of Facebook, I've been on Instagram a little bit, you know, and I found a couple of artists that I did not know about. And there's a fan artist um, named Danny 
Hellez or Hellez, H-E-L-L-E-Z, who does some great artwork. And as a matter of fact, today's show logo for so the logo for episode seventy nine is going to have Pizza Sheldani, a foot soldier alien, which looks awesome, and Toxic Mikey, who's basically Michelangelo, the Toxic was it Crusader? Toxic Crusader. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Mm. And uh, my favorite one, Stay Puffed Krang. So, <laughs> yeah, Danny drew all those. So I do have a link to his art page, and it is facebook.com slash Danny, D-A-N-I, Halez. That's H-E-L-L-E-Z. So if you want to check out more of his artwork, it's on his own Facebook page. He had a link to it on his Instagram to that page. So thank you so much for letting us borrow the the logos, and we just want to share your artwork, and it just it looks great. That's really cool. I haven't seen any of this. Oh, awesome. I'll have to send you some pictures here in a minute. And then last but not least, Kevin, he, I feel really bad here. He was the one who won the Secret of the Use giveaway. Well, I just now got around to sending out that gift this week. So I sent it out Wednesday, July 5th. Hopefully you'll get it by uh, probably before the recording of this. But I just want to let you know, man, that your gift is on its way, and I got the tracking number if you need it. So... Um, I'll holler at you later. Hopefully you like what I put in there. I tried to put some extra goodies in there for you. And last but not least, this is it, I promise. This day in turtle history. So it is July 8th as we're recording this, and you guys will probably get it around the 15th. July of 1989, issue number three of the Archie TMNT comic was released. And this was the uh, Incredible Shrinking Turtles, part one. I actually remember getting this as a kid... And I, I don't know what happened to the one I had then, but I when I rebought the whole lot of Archie comics, this was one of the ones that came with it. It's just a beautiful comic, and I think Ken Matroni, the artist, I think he stayed with the Archie series for quite some time, and he he just does a nice job with the with the Archie comics. And this is one of the last adaptations that they did. I think there's one more after this one, and then Archie kind of started branching off to do their own storylines. Yeah. But yeah, so that came out in 89. How long is that now? Is that uh, 89, 99, be 10 years, 2009, 20? Almost 30 years. That's Can you 20, believe that? It's 28 years, man. We're, we're getting old, man. Oh, God. <laughs> that sucks. I know, I know, I know. I just uh, I just turned 31 recently, So, and you're, you're 34, Josh? Yeah. 34? Thanks for reminding me of that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we're officially closer to 40 than we are 20 now, so... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Man, so that's yeah. crazy, man. It it's just so weird to think about how fast like time goes. Like when oh, you're no a kid, kidding. just like time does not go by at all. And then the older you get, you kind of realize, man, these these years are going by at a clip. You know, <laughs> they really are. It's already like almost the middle of July. I know. Uh, and and me being a teacher, July feels like the Sunday before school starts on Monday. <laughs> It really does. It does. It's like, oh, boy. As soon as 4th of July hits, you're like, oh, it won't be long. <laughs> and school year is one long Monday. Uh, you're exactly right. You're exactly yeah. right. So I've talked enough. Uh, turtle pickups, I've got nothing over the last two weeks. I know I've got comics waiting for me at the comic shop. So, man, this is your, your time to shine, my friend. Have you gotten any Ninja Turtle pickups in the last couple of weeks? You know what? Yeah, I did, but I want to wait to talk about it until i've got okay i'll be i'll just tell you what's up i got the um leonardo action figure that neca put out from the uh, original film jealous yeah i know the four the four turtles you know i was only gonna get uh 
Donatello, and this is what happened. Uh, for our anniversary, Nicole pre-ordered the other three Ninja Turtles for me. Oh, so, wow. So I thought that was really cool. So I've got Donatello, Raphael, and Leonardo, and just Michelangelo, when that comes out, I'll have that one too. So I kind of want to just wait until I get all four of them, but I, I, to give you kind of a mini review of it, the Leonardo one is the one that kind of saved that line for me because I was kind of disappointed with... Really? Uh, yeah, the, not d- disappointed is a strong way of explaining it, but like I always thought that like the head sculpts were just a little off. Like They obviously look like those big, those turtles from that 1990 film, but like just something about that... The, the head sculpts were just a little off. Huh, you know? I've never noticed. Huh. They all say, they all share the same sculpt, body sculpt, but like the paint application is different on all of them and there's small details on each figure that make them identifiable to that turtle like Right. You know like Don, Donatello's got this really like he's got this really like pronounced like beak. I actually know what you're saying, yeah. Yeah, and it's just just the way like his brow is furled, like he's just like pondering something like you know, like in his head, he's like trying to figure out how to take apart a radio and put it back together in a different <laughs> one. And I really like that. I mean, looking back on it, I really like it. And then Raphael's got like a big, like not huge, but like he's got like a uh, an identifying scar on his lip that is really cool. And he's got kind of he's almost got his teeth barred a little bit, and he's got these cracks and uh, cracks on a shell that really show that you know he's the one that gets out there and gets rough. But Leonardo's uh, head sculpt just looks so much like that Leonardo puppet from yeah. the from the animatronic puppet from the film, and he looks like really he looks he almost looks intimidating, which is weird. You'd think Raphael would be the intimidating one, and while he is like Leonardo, looks like you know he's the one you don't want to mess with. <laughs> I really, really just really love that figure and his swords are ridiculous like his swords each sword is like the size literally is the size of a butter knife oh that's awesome and like i held it like in in my hand as i would a regular like a steak knife and there's <laughs> no difference between the size and when you put it when you have them holding the swords they may be proportionally Speaking, like, the blade might be a bit bigger than an average... Because I actually have a set of katana blades in my basement for my what, birthday. really? Yeah, Nicole got me a, a set of three uh, katana blades uh, for my birthday one year. No way! He's going to be outside training with the turtles. I use them to go outside and uh, chop down weeds and thistles and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Every now and then you do a flip and then you chop some weeds down. Yeah, and, like, cut off a toe. Yeah, you know, it's like, <laughs> Every year you can tell when I'm done doing it because I walk with a little bit of a limp. Yeah, that's true. Missing but limp. I actually did, like, nick my shin with one of them. I was like, okay, put me back. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and they are real swords that she got from Japan because, like, in the on the actual uh, blade itself, you can see where the steel was folded. Wow. Because, like, on the uh, blade of a katana, you see, like, these rings on the inside of the blade. Huh. Each one of, or like a half a ring. It's kind of like when you chop a tree, tree down, and you see the rings to see how many, how what age it is. When you see the little semicircles going up the blade of a katana, that's how many times the steel was folded to make that blade. Wow, I didn't know that, huh? Yeah, so you can see how strong that blade is, and these things have like probably forty half rings on them. 
Mm-hmm. So, like, these swords can do some damage. I should have chopped my leg right off, and I didn't. <laughs> so, and that's only because white man doesn't know how to handle a sword. <laughs> but the Leonardo figure is an amazing... That saved the ne- that NECA line for me. It's like, okay. Wow. I get it. Like, I love these figures. Yeah, I do think it kind of sucks that they're... 16 inches tall they should be a little bit i think they should be a bit smaller because i'm kind of a purist i like that seven inch five to seven inch scale on an Mm -hmm. action figure but for what it is you know it's a it's an amazing figure i really love that can't wait to get the michelangelo one so i can complete the set and then i'm i'm kind of done with action figure collecting because at this point you hear that guys it is no, 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 no. Seriously, <laughs> in all honesty, yeah, I am kind of done with action figure collection because, like, I have like every series of figures. I have the version of that figure that I want. You know, like I've got the original cartoon series. Every, I have every action figure line from of the four turtles from every series, with the exception of the fast forward ones because those are stupid expensive and I don't really care for them anyway. <laughs> Like, the 2003 series of action figures, I just don't really care for. Oh, really? Yeah, I just I just don't... I don't know what it is about them. I just, I'm not as excited about them. But I got the four turtles, and that's all I really want from them. I, you know, I, it's funny you bring that up about the 2003 toys. Yeah. I, I think the toys themselves are cool, but I hated the fact that most of the box art was the same for almost every figure. At least the way... Yeah. From what I've seen, you know, they all have just the big turtle head uh, that hangs on the shelf. They all look yeah. the same. You know, they're kind of boring looking. They're not unique to the figures. And they're even not really unique to themselves because if you really think about it, eventually the Playmates line from around 1993 had the same box art but with the original Turtles from uh, the yeah. first cartoon series. That's right, yeah. When they did the re-releases in the 92 or 93 – where they yeah. had the re-releases of the classic ones, they just had the generic kind of backdrop. They had the they had like this purple sewer backdrop, yeah. and then after that, with like the the last basic series of figures, with like the, I think the line was Scratch, Hotspot, Mona Lisa, Sandstorm, and a couple others, and uh, they had just like a blue background card with the four turtles. Uh, just like an yeah. up-close image of the four turtles, and that was it. And while it had the same amount of character, almost the, it had the same personality, but not a lot of the character. I mean, it still had the portrait on the back with, like, the the weird soliloquy about the about the characters. Right. <laughs> you know, it, it was it was really funny and had a lot of the same personality, but it, it, it just kind of was missing that signature of what the turtles started. Like, they started out with a bang and kind of ended with a bit of a whimper. You know, and it breaks my heart to say that because it it really hasn't gotten better since that first figure. I mean, I've got every basic figure for a reason. That was the series of figures that I always am going to come back to. Nothing has ever gotten better than it. Quality, maybe. I mean, depend. I mean, for a figure I'm going to review later, you can tell that there's a lot of quality with it. But it's just got a lot of problems that the other figures didn't have. You know. And I'll go into it. And and really, it's got a lot of the same problems that the, that the original line had. And it just it just kind of mystifies me as why it's never gotten better. And I'll I'll go into it later. Right, right. And the, the last thing I'll say about that is, um, you look at those early figures and how colorful they were. Yeah. I wonder if it, the reason they stopped doing that is it was a lot more expensive to make a colorful figure than it is 
to just kind of do what they've done now, which the fingers are still colorful, but they're not – I mean you do a side-to-side, it, it's clear as day how yeah. much um, – what's the word? Not generic, but how – You can see where the qualities dipped. Yeah, at least yeah, at least in the color schemes, you can see that. Yeah, and and you know what? I in doing research for in doing research for the turtle guide, the figure guide that I'm gonna start writing, um, because I've just been doing research for right now, and I need to stop because that's all I'm gonna do is just research and no writing. So I just gotta stop <laughs> researching, just do writing, especially since it's just reviews, which is just my opinions. Yeah, <laughs> um, but like. The reason why the sculpts are still just as detailed nowadays as they were back in the 80s. Right. But they kind of hold back on the paint job because that's where the expense is for action figures. Yeah, and okay. Like, See, I thought the sculpt might have something to do with that, but I guess not. And not only not only the paint, but also the packaging. I mean, you want to right. know why the packaging is just kind of generic. It's because, well, paint and cardboard cost money, you know? Right. It's like, and, you know, we're kind of running out of dinosaur bones, so eventually the sculpt to make plastic is just not going to be there. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, like, you look at, here's a great example. You look at the Triceraton figure from the 1988 line, and then you look at General Mozar from the oh, 2000. Oh, huge difference. And General Mozar is just wearing a generic spacesuit, and there's detail on the head and the hands, and that's kind of it. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't come with weapons. And you look at the Triceraton figure, and he's got, like, you can see the individual scales. He's got, you can tell when his skin is there, and then he's got the metal breastplate on. Yeah, I'm holding him right now. He's gorgeous. Yeah, and he's got so many different colors on him. And he came with, yeah, he came with just blue weapons, but he came with weapons. Yeah. (laughs) You know, who cares if they're just blue pieces of plastic? They were still intricately detailed. Like, you can see on his rifle where the barrel is as opposed to where the the magazine is, as opposed to where the magazine well is and the trigger and the and the bolt that slides back and forth when a bullet would come out of it. Mm-hmm. And, you can, and you can just see that there is such a level of quality, even on figures that kind of suck. Like, <laughs> like you know what? I, I kind of think that the worst figure in this line is the Burn Thompson figure. You remember April's boss, Burn Thompson? Oh, yeah, of course. April. He's, he's a horrible figure. I mean, he's just, he's fat and he's gross looking and he's got, <laughs> but just like the details of the fact that his shirt is kind of unbuttoned at, That's great. at the collar and he's got toilet paper stuck to his shoe and he's really? got, yeah, he's got toilet paper stuck to his shoe That's funny. and he's eating and molded in his hand. Part of his mold is he's eating a giant hero sandwich (laughs) a hoagie you know yeah he's eating a hoagie and the hoagie is painted in a way to where you can see bread meat vegetable bread wow and it's just and you would not get that first off you're not going to get a burn thompson figure (laughs) but you wouldn't get that quality nowadays all right let let me ask you something josh here's a million dollar question for you okay if playmates were to kind of go back to the original vision or at least the original Really, really vibrant, colorful figures, and charge an extra okay. dollar per figure. Do you think they would sell just as well, less or more? I think that they would sell. They wouldn't. I think they would sell just as well as they do right now. Yeah. Not compared to how they sell because they don't sell right now as much as they do in uh, within the eighties and nineties. Because That's like, true. If you watch. If you watch the documentary, the Turtle Power documentary, 
uh, which you can download our episodes on iTunes where we interviewed the director twice. Yes. <laughs> um, they go into the fact in that documentary, they said in the peak year, they shipped a hundred million units wow. of figures and play sets and vehicles. They're not doing that nowadays, even adjusting for inflation. And um, you can tell because the reason they had so many variants is because they sold so many variants back in the day as opposed to nowadays. I mean, you can kind of, you can almost count on one hand how many turtle variants there are in this most recent, in the current action figure line. And you cannot even, I mean, like, you cannot hold how many variants there were in your house of the old figures. Yeah, you're right. And here's the thing that I, I kind of often think about, and I don't know if it's just, you know, old man Rob mentality here. I just don't know if kid uh, is, is it so much that the franchise isn't as big as it was? I don't think that's the case. No. I think the franchise is just as big, if not bigger, than it ever was. It's just kids don't really play with toys as much as they used to because of different technology now. You're, you're living in an iPad world, man. And I mean, I would be, I would really love to see, I'd really love to see how many downloads the TMNT rooftop run uh, <laughs> on the app store is, how many times that's been downloaded, as opposed to how many people bought the first NES game. Yeah, you know? oh, true, true. And and that NES game, the one that apparently everyone hates, was <laughs> a huge seller that sold so many thousands, if not. I don't, I don't even know, because, I mean, I'm not going to pretend to know how many it sold, but, like, they bundled it with a Nintendo. Yeah, I've seen it, that package, yeah. I think I think it was called the Mutant Machine. <laughs> and Nintendo didn't want to do it because they, they didn't want their brand associated with the Turtles because they knew people weren't buying a Nintendo for a Nintendo. They were buying a Nintendo so they could play the Ninja Turtles on it. <laughs> their concern was this was people that weren't going to buy the next Mario game. They are only going to buy a Ninja Turtle game. And they're wrong because how many of us uh, have a Nintendo game collection nowadays, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I really don't. I, I can't get a Nintendo to work to save my life, so my, my games are just kind of collecting dust. As much as I want to do a retro collection for video games, I'm just not going to because there's just no incentive to. You mm-hmm. know, I just... Because I have to buy a new... T- I have to buy an old TV. I have to make sure it works. I got to... There's so much maintenance that I just don't have the touchstone. It's, there's no realness. That I didn't really become a gamer until I got the PlayStation. Oh, is that right? I didn't know that. Yeah, it's like I, I had a Nintendo. I loved it. I had a Sega. I was a huge Sega fan when I was hey, a kid. Hey, my guy. Yeah, you know, and I've, I'm if I can find a Sega Genesis, that, that would be... I that would be what would get me back into retro gaming, but retro gaming is just expensive mm-hmm. when it shouldn't be because, like, <laughs> there were so many of those games produced that no, you don't need to spend $55 for a, a copy of Comic Zone. Right, know? right. Especially yeah. when Comic Zone is a game you can download on Xbox Live. Yeah, true, know? true. And, but, and uh, you know, people know what they have now. It, it's, it's, a lot like, it's a lot like the Ninja Turtles, you know, to bring it back there. People know yeah. what they have now because of eBay, it's because of other websites, Amazon, they can just say, hey, well, eBay want, I can sell it for this much on eBay, why don't you give me that price? And You know what, you know what broke my heart? When I found out exactly how rare Scratch the Cat is, 
Scratch isn't rare because of low production value. Scratch is rare because of eBay sharks and them telling people that this is a rare figure. Wow. That this is a hard-to-collect, this is a hard-to-find figure. It's like, yeah, sure, it came out when the line... It, I mean, even saying that it came out when the line was dwindling is false advertisement. It came out in 1993. They were making Ninja Turtle figures until 1996 in that first line. He didn't come out at the end. He came out three years before the line ended. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's not like the line went anywhere because they had next mutation figures in 97. Yeah, that's a good point. I never, never really thought about that. Yeah. yeah. So, sorry to blow this bubble that we all have about collecting action <laughs> figures. But See, that's it, what your it, blog's all about, man. Your book's all yeah, about. But it is true. I mean, like, if you're going to start collecting, to any listeners, if you're going like, to get serious about collecting action figures, you have to know what you want. You have to be upfront about the fact that I'm not going to pay this much for this. And that's why I'm saying, like, I am kind of done action figure collecting because it's just too expensive. It's not the reason I started action figure collecting. And I sound like I'm on a soapbox, and I really don't mean to, but, like... No, no, you're doing good. This is the, good, interesting uh, stuff. The action figures that... Collect what you want to collect. But, like, where my heart is now, because I've got the basic figure collection done, and I'm thinking, where do I go from that? It's like, there's really nowhere to go. I'm at the top of the mountain. <laughs> you know, so after I, there's a small collection that I'm going to uh, complete of these 1-6 scale figures that I've got here. I mean, those are on the way. I saved up for them, the last two in the series, which I'll, when I get all of those, I will go into. But this Casey Jones figure I'm going to talk about is part of that series. And when that NECA Michelangelo figure that Nicole got me comes in the mail... I want that one. After it's, after it's off pre-order, once it starts getting fulfilled, once they start shipping, I'm done, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's... So I started thinking, where's my heart at? It's like, it's the IDW comic series, it's the Archie reprint series, which will be, will be done within the next two years. Mm -hmm. It's really the comics, yeah. you know? And because I've got all the DVDs, of almost every series outside of this current one, you know, I've, I'm really just, I'm, I'm kind of like, well, where do I go from here? And it's kind of <laughs> like, outside of this podcast, I'm, I'm really not getting anything new except for the new releases from the comics because of this show. That's not to say that, it, you know, if they come out with a brand new, like, a character that I really love, if they made a new, if they made an old Hob figure, I'd buy it. Oh, yeah. You know? If they made an old, if they made a new Usagi Yojimbo figure, which they have, but I like the old one better, mm -hmm. I would get it. But they haven't. And speaking, I guess yeah, turtle pickups. I'm I'm starting my Usagi Yojimbo collection. Oh, awesome! I've got the first three over the last two months. I've got the first three uh, volumes of it uh, from the Fantagraph. I always thought it was Dark Horse, but it's Fantagraphics Publishing that's putting these out. Oh. And I was really scared that it's going to be like 50 volumes of this comic series. Nope, it's seven, so I've got almost half the run right here. Wow, so nice. Once I get the other four, I'm done with that. You know, so, <laughs> you know, the Power Rangers comic from Boom Studios is really good, and the IDW series, that's where my heart is. So, what comes after that, I'll find out when I get there. Yeah, you know, maybe, yeah. Maybe... What it led to is me making my own turtle fiction and me making my own uh, turtle, just my own contributions to the turtle legacy. Yeah. That it's my dream to have somebody else enjoy one day. 
Absolutely. You know, we know and some comic book show. artists. Yeah, you know, and <laughs> BJ Han, she said that if I can get a script together, she'll take a look at it. And if if she can get something off the ground with me, then we'd go for it. See? We'd at least make a proposal. And that's awesome. I'm sorry if she doesn't if she ever listens to this and she doesn't remember that. It's not like I'm on Facebook anymore and I can prove it, so she doesn't have to do it. <laughs> <laughs> See, well, guys, we can say we knew Josh, you know, back back when, you know, he was just my co-host. The bottom of the barrel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no, man. Uh, yeah, I, I envy you. Uh, I envy the fact that you've got all the Yojimbo, or at least half of the Yojimbo comics now. And as a matter of fact, that, that actually made me think, I know Thaddeus is interested in doing a Yojimbo podcast who knows maybe you could do something like that with them one day the th- you know what i i don't think we could do a yojimbo podcast i think that we could do a special episode of turtle flakes that just focuses on yojimbo stuff yeah it could be a yojimbo yeah. sideshow yeah you know and i don't th- and the thing of it is i don't know enough about that character to warrant an entire podcast gotcha yeah it makes sense a series of podcasts but like we could do like a one-shot episode of turtle flakes where we just talk about Usagi Ojimbo, or we could just talk about the Mighty Mutanimals. And oh yeah, I could talk about them all all day. You know, like I would love to do a one shot episode of Savage Dragon. Yeah, yeah. Where like there's the same guy, the guy that created Savage Dragon has been writing him consistently for the last twenty five years. I know that's impressive. (laughs) And in real time, like his comic book started in nineteen ninety one, and like the Savage Dragon comic book is about his son. Who took over the mantle for him in wow. 2015? So you know, good stuff, man. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's really cool. And the Ninja Turtles, when they were in Image comic books, like their first, they were introduced in the Savage Dragon comic when they were in Chicago helping him out. Mm-hmm. And it was really cool. And but anyway, I've talked way too long. So it's time <laughs> for Uncle Rob to steer to write the course of this. Oh show. no, that that was good, man. That that that's what this is all about, man. We we rambled about toys we rambled about what else a lot of other things but you know what that's what it's all about man thanks to our good friend mr t we've got a little bit of channel six news here speaking of figures the new classic 1987 series leatherhead Funko Pop toy is now available for pre-order, and I saw it, and it looks great. Um, There's a Leatherhead one? Yeah, I think it just came out. I've got a link to it, and I'll try to put that on our show notes. I'm pretty Okay, good. well, I guess my action figure collecting is <laughs> Man. I want You know what's so funny? You were saying, oh, I don't know if I'm going to do anymore, and I, I was thinking about these I don't want to mention it. <laughs> you know what? The Comic-Con exclusive for Funko is the Baxter Stock, the fly version of Baxter Stock. Ooh. Wow, does it look good? Yeah, well, I, t- I tell you, this Leatherhead looks good too. Um, yeah, he's got the red hat. Uh, I like the fact that he's got two crabs attached to his his belt. Uh, <laughs> it look it looks great, or I guess lobsters, but it looks great. It, it's a really yeah. colorful figure, and I would not mind having that. I've got I've got a bunch of Funko Pop figures too. I've got the the Turtles, Splinter, April, and Casey Jones, and oh, that's awesome. That's where, that's where I'm leaving it because I didn't I had no intention of ever getting them, but, like, Nicole came home from Walmart one day, and she's like, I saw these, and I got them for you. Oh, Wow, thank you. <laughs> what a woman. So, yeah. So I think she bought them for me, so I wouldn't buy something else. 
Ah, that makes sense. Do that. So. <laughs> See, now you're good. <laughs> yeah. So stop uh, it. Yeah. On. <laughs> I love it. And another, another thing, this is pretty exciting. The TMNT fan film Kickstarter project called Ninja Turtles Blood Brothers. See, I had heard that it wasn't funded, but I don't know if they redid it. Well, what they're doing, I they had a GoFundMe at uh, oh okay Indiegogo or something like that. I can't remember what exactly it was. I remember I contributed to it, and he had a, the filmmaker doing the Blood Brothers film announced that they couldn't, uh, they they didn't make enough money. Gotcha. In in the time allotted. But then a week later, they're like, okay, we got a Kickstarter. Here we go. And yeah, absolutely. And they were funded right away. Looks like it's been successfully, has successfully reached its Kickstarter goal over, uh, of over $4,000 and will begin filming soon. More info about the project and to check out more images of them, please visit. And it's kickstarter.com slash projects slash, wow, there's a big number there. Just look up Ninja Turtles Blood Brothers live action fan film. Yeah. Um, and you'll find all the information about it. I did look at the link and I uh, was really excited to see some of the things that they have there. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm pulling it up right now. I saw where they had an Utrom. I saw it looked like, I thought I saw Leatherhead. Yeah, his Leatherhead costume is. Oh, gorgeous. Amazing. Yeah, Bebop and Rocksteady look great. This guy yeah. is legit. Uh, Triceraton, I'm looking at, Fugitoid. I don't know if he's got a costume for it, but he's got a mold for a mask of Usagi Ojimbo, and it looks really good. Wow. He's got all the turtles are all of the turtles are kind of based on the original Mirage comics, so they'll all have the red masks, mm-hmm. which I kind of don't like, but that's what he likes. I mean, he's the filmmaker. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I kind of I kind of you fall into the trap of which one's that? Oh, he's got swords. That's Leonardo. Ah, true. Yeah. Yeah, it's like the old school like comic col- days. The multicolored mass was the best thing that could have happened to the turtles. But yeah, his, his stuff is really good. Oh, yeah. It looks really good. And I'm surprised that $4,000 is all he needed to do this. So I'm really excited to see what they've got in store. I don't know. See, I always get confused about this, Josh. Since it's already been funded, can I still buy a DVD? Because I've looked at the things and I, it, there's no option to actually buy the DVD. I think... As if you can contribute, find out if you can still contribute to it and find out how much it costs to contribute, how much you would have to contribute to get a DVD. Because mm-hmm. I remember when it was on GoFundMe, it was 20 bucks and you would get a DVD. So that's what I donated. Right. And I, I think he just combined the profits from the GoFundMe and the Kickstarter. But uh, but yeah, look looks awesome from what I see there. The third thing here, uh, speaking of Usagi Ojimbo, Playmates Toys San Diego Comic-Con. They have an exclusive deluxe Usagi Ojimbo figure. And I saw it, and it uh, looks pretty cool. I'm not going to lie. It looks pretty nice. It, um, looks, it comes with like uh, specific uh, accessories that the basic figure doesn't come with. Like It comes with an alternate head, yeah. comes with hands and weapons, and it comes with the first issue of the TMNT Usagi Ojimbo crossover that IDW is putting out. Right, yeah. I'm looking at it right now. It looks like they have a little description here. It says, Playmates Toys Nickelodeon revealed their San Diego Comic-Con 2017 exclusive deluxe Yojimbo figure that is based on the current series. Nerdist states that this set is going to be highly sought after, and for good reason. Yojimbo comes packed with two new heads, um, a pet lizard, and a flag. The packaging contains two reprint comics. 1987's Leonardo meets Usagi Ojimbo in Turtle Soup and Rabbit Stew, and the 1989's The Treaty. Uh, looks like everything will be thirty bucks. 
Fans will be able to purchase this set at the Nickelodeon booth during the San Diego Comic-Con, which takes place on July 19th through the 23rd. So, good stuff. This That's is, not a bad price. Let me let me warn listeners about this, because what you're going to do, because not all of us, how many of us are going to go to San Diego Comic-Con? I know. None of us, right? None I of wish. Us. <laughs> so, like, the people buying it for 30 bucks at the Nickelodeon booth while supplies last, I saw that figure on eBay as a pre-order from this guy that's going to be like, I'm going to buy it at, at a Comic-Con and then sell it on eBay. Mm-hmm. It was $30, you just said, right? Uh, yeah, that's what it said. 30 bucks. This dude had a pre-order on eBay for $175. What? Jeez. That is wrong. Yeah. And get ready to cowabunga me. That is... Cowabunga! <laughs> okay. Get ready to bleep me. Uh... But that's... There's no other way to say that. That is wrong. So people that are collectors, don't do the eBay route. Please don't be that guy. Yeah, please. It's not worth it. That dude is a thief. If he charged 40 or even 50 bucks, I can understand that. Yeah, sure. I, if you want to make a little bit of a profit, I understand that. I mean, you got yeah. you have to go out there and get it, but that's a hundred and some dollars. This guy's asking for, a, for five times what it's probably even worth. Yeah, you know, know, go to Target, go to Walmart, get the basic figure. If you bought the basic figure and the two comics that it comes with, and yeah, yeah sure, you don't get the special accessories, but you've got the figure and the two comics that are easily available on sites like mycomicshop.com. I mean, I have that comic that he that comes with that figure. I have the original one, and it didn't cost that much. It cost me like ten bucks. Yeah, right. So you can spend twenty bucks instead of thirty bucks or one hundred and seventy-five, and that is an extreme example of what yeah. that costs. But you can still get everything that it comes with, except for the little accessories that you can honestly live without. Yeah, you're right. It's a shame, you know. People, I mean, it's not just turtles. I mean, it's everywhere. People scalp yeah. for ridiculous amounts of money, and it's just, oh, yeah. I just hate for somebody to feel like that's their only choice when it's it's really not. Like Josh said, there are other avenues to take if you want to get pretty much the same stuff if not even more authentic with the first printings yeah. just don't don't feed into these ebayers that want that ridiculous amount of money for something that he only paid 30 dollars for please you know and it's do- not just ebay amazon has the same thing yeah you know? true true and it's not just turtles like i've been wanting to get power rangers figures except especially since the movie came out and the power rangers figures you can buy them i mean they staggered the release over a couple of years and they only made a certain amount of them so they're not readily available right now Mm -hmm. which makes the aftermarket really tricky like you can get like the most recent ones to be released are kimberly trini and tommy is the white ranger you know the pink yellow and white ranger you can find those for 20 bucks at, at walmart yeah and that's cool and that's worth it because they're six inch figures with like 20 points of articulation which is insane to think about. That's the quality of figure. And it's insane in a good way. But then if you go on Amazon, like I saw Jason, the Red Ranger, in the same, it's called the Legacy line. The same line of figure is $65. At least a minimum of $65. That's right. wrong for a figure that's only worth 20 bucks. I agree. I agree. Yeah. You know? And like... You know, like, Toxic Crusader figures are going for $75 a pop. And, like, you know, Street Sharks, Street Sharks are notoriously expensive. Like, that is, I didn't know that, huh? 
Yeah, like I have a big Slamu figure from Street Sharks. <laughs> I, I because you know at the what I was gonna do because I don't care about Street Sharks. What I wanted to do was get a Street Sharks figure and repaint him so I could make him Armagon. Oh, awesome! <laughs> I wanted to make a custom Armagon figure, and then I found out that the Street Shark Street Shark figures are half rubber. You can't paint that. No, no. <laughs> so now I've got this Street Shark figure that I just I don't know what to do with. It doesn't fit with any of my figures. But like it cost me eighty bucks, you know. Yeah, I saved yeah. up for a couple of months. I put away twenty bucks every week, and then after like two two months, I got a a, a big slamu figure that I can't do anything with. And <laughs> that was the cheapest one. When the cheapest option is eighty bucks, it's scary to think about what an inbox figure is. And I've looked it up; they're like going between one hundred and fifty and three hundred dollars. Wow, why? I, because they're. Mattel didn't really make... They were manufactured by Mattel. They didn't really make action figures. They kind of just make Barbie, you know? Oh, okay, gotcha. Because they don't need to. They make Barbie. Yeah, they're they're doing fine. Barbie is the most successful doll in history. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, Because it started in the 30s and it's still going today. Mm -hmm. And they only made a few Street Shark figures. The Street Sharks cartoon lasted for one season. Was it only one season? Wow. Uh, but, like, a, a lot of them are like that, like Toxic Crusaders. We remember it, but it was one season. I know. Street that's... Shark, He-Man, G.I. Joe, Transformers were only a few seasons. Ninja Turtles is that diamond in the rough that lasted ten years. Yeah. He-Man lasted three. G.I. Joe lasted three. Transformers lasted four. Wow, is now, that it? Wow. Yeah. They were, they were cartoons made for a toy line. Yeah. It makes you feel, you know, it, that's just, it's interesting. I don't know if it's just our perspective looking back or if time just was so s- slowed down back then. But, like, I thought He-Man was around for at least five years. By time we were old enough to get into He-Man and G.I. Joe, we were Reruns. watching runs. Yeah. yeah, like Transformers the movie came out in 1985. I was two. I didn't know what Transformers was. <laughs> I wasn't even born yet. <laughs> by the time I watched, I was never really a Transformers fan, but by the time I watched it, it was in reruns for yeah, years. Yeah, in the 90, early 90s. I remember that. I do remember there was a cycle where the Turtles would play after school, um, yeah. and then I think either He-Man was before or after, and, and Transformers was too. So they, you know, that's 1990. They were well well gone by that point. You know. As oh, far yeah. As, so... Yeah, I just remember that was a good block of TV, man. <laughs> yeah. And to put that into perspective, He-Man and G.I. Joe were on like twice a week. Mm-hmm. Maybe twice a week. There was a time when Ninja Turtles, new episodes of Ninja Turtles were on seven days a week. I am that incredible. Yeah, and it was a short period of time, but that's true. And Ninja Turtles, the original cartoon, is notorious for Donatello's voice coming out of Leonardo's body. You know, <laughs> Or there's Raphael with nunchucks. The reason for it is because there was such a demand for that cartoon that they were just animating so fast. Yeah, there's bound to be mistakes. Those mistakes, and the people at Playmates felt embarrassed by making those mistakes because they're what. Yeah, it's a silly cartoon that people want to talk about. Oh, it's not grim and gritty and whatever. (laughs) They were supplying a demand that fans were chopping at the bit for. Oh yeah, absolutely. yeah, the reason why there were those mistakes, and in my opinion, they're endearing. They're not bad. They're endearing. <laughs> no. 
But the reason why those mistakes are there is because we wanted it. All right, you're exactly right. And I, you know, it was so exciting for me as a five year old kid. I can still specifically remember uh, my elementary school, and I only went there from I think first grade to second grade, and then I eventually moved to after my parents had split up. But during that time, I would walk home from school every day. Because uh, my dad was only a block away, I'd be so excited to see the Turtles cartoon. I think it came on at like four o'clock or four thirty, so that's all I think about every single day. I could count on it. I don't know. If, I don't remember if they were reruns or new releases, but it's it had to have been around nineteen ninety or nineteen ninety one. So, you know, it was on every day. And then Saturday mornings, Ninja Turtles. Like you said, it was seven days a week. I don't remember watching it on sun- Sundays, but I'm sure yeah. it was on at, at, during that time. Uh, Turtles was always around. And, yeah. Um, and nothing has beaten its popularity. I'm sorry. Nothing has beaten it. <laughs> you want to know how I know? <laughs> because the Ninja Turtles had a live show. That's a, that's a great benchmark because who else has had a live show? Do you want to know the answer? <laughs> it's Mortal Kombat. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's the only thing that's ever taken down the Turtles is Mortal Kombat. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, that's the point. I mean, like you know, you talk about the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the Justice League movie coming out. They ever have a concert at Radio City Music in New York City? Nope. <laughs> nope. Did they ever have that Pizza Power song, or what was the other one? Yeah, you uh... know, Skipping Stones. <laughs> you know, the coming. We're out of our shells. shells. Yeah. Oh you yeah. Know, what's Iron Man? What's Robert Downey Jr. going to do? Sing a song about out of the armor? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> not unless you pay him two hundred million dollars, and nobody's going to do that. And you know, not that we're biased or anything. <laughs> I'm totally biased, man. Whatever, Infinity Gauntlet. Whatever. It's about the Hearthstone heist, you know. And and no disrespect. And now I'm. I love He Man. I love Thundercats. I love the real Ghostbusters. We're you know we're just saying that it, there was a point in time where the turtles were around, absolutely everywhere, twenty four seven. It was just it was incredible, and it was such an amazing time to be a fan. Yeah, and it's it's never I mean like the popularity of the turtles is still there and if nothing else their the net that they've cast oh, yeah. for fandom is so much bigger now thanks to the internet. You know? You're right. It reaches more now than it did. Actually, it reaches about the same audience because like there's you know Ninja Turtles was like in in so many different countries that it's that it still is today. Mm-hmm. It's more readily available. It's just, I feel bad for kids in our generation that are in, I hate saying it this way, but in like second and third world countries that knew about the Ninja Turtles and loved it and just couldn't have it. That's true. I feel bad for that generation, and I feel so much, I feel so great for the generation nowadays that just gets to have the Turtles. Yeah. In a capacity that we never did. It dwarfs our capacity for it. We had the cartoon and the movie. Mm-hmm. And, Kids nowadays have every generation of cartoon at their fingertips yeah. thanks to the internet. Oh, yeah. Know? Oh, yeah. You know, a lot of times you think, oh, back in my day, things were so much better. If we had had the internet yeah. back then, you betcha we would have used it. <laughs> oh, God. Heck, yeah, man. If we had the conveniences back then, of course we would have done that. But we didn't have that, so we were forced to play outside. We were forced to play with our turtles, you know, outside, <laughs> which I'm thankful for. I'm thankful we were able to go outside, but I think sometimes oh, yeah. we get this this nostalgic superiority, like oh, things were so much better. You know, kids these days don't know how to go outside. It's just 
there's man. this sense of entitlement that that our generation has that I think is just bonkers because like you should you should be celebrating that your kid or your nephew or your friend's kids gets to have so much more than we ever did. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I love the fact that my kids have embraced the Ninja Turtles. Mm-hmm. I mean, I never forced it on them. I was just watching, and they're like, "What's this?" I was like, "This is the Ninja Turtles," and I saw that that glow just go over them <laughs> like we had when we were kids and it's just a different way to do it exactly yeah yeah and you can call it marketing you can call it cash grabbing you can call it greed you can call it whatever you want but it's there and thanks to people of our generation being willing to share it is what's you know. Yeah. I think I've just kind of blown this whole episode. So <laughs> uh, this is the soapbox episode. I love it. This is great. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, it's time to bring back one of my favorite segments that I'm uh, proud to be a part of, and that is the Radical Relic. And this one, I had a hard time. I kept thinking, which one? Which one do I want to talk about? You know, what can I possibly talk about? And this isn't necessarily obscure. Because I remember these were pretty popular back in the day, and a lot of kids had them at school. I'm talking about the 1990 Mirage Studios TMNT Lunchbox and Thermos. And really, that's a broad category. As a matter of fact, I know there were some that were from 1989 as well. There was a white lunchbox that had Splinter, and it had Michelangelo and all the rest of the turtles running away. But I specifically remember Michelangelo holding a pizza. There was also a blue one with foot soldiers and Shredder in the distance. That was on. That was a 1989 release as well, but the reason I picked the 1991 is because I actually remember having it because I looked at the logo and it just it took me back. Completely forgot I had it till I saw the picture and I said, "Oh my gosh, I remember that!" And it was a blue lunchbox, but there was a whole bunch of different lunchbox colors that had the same design on it. There was a blue one, there was a white one, and there was a red one. I had the blue one. And it's Shredder in the distance. I'm looking at it right now. Let me pull up the. Oh, is it him on the dock? Is yeah, the that, the that's well. Yeah, that's the one I had. I had this one too. Oh, awesome! Yeah, yours was what? Mine was blue. Nice. That's the one I had. The blue one. Yeah. And the, the one I'm looking at online, I did a Google search for it. The one I'm looking at is red. Oh, okay. And it came with a white thermos with Raphael peeking out of a manhole. Yeah, you know that that Raph right there. Is used a lot, that particular yeah. shot. I don't know why, but I've seen that on... Like, I used to have a... Uh, and I'd like to do a review on this one day if I can ever find it again. I remember being so proud. I had this huge red water bottle that had the, the huge bendy straw yep. with the little cap on top that has yep. raft there. <laughs> yeah, I had I had something similar where it was like the one... The, the image I always saw was Raphael, that style of Raphael, the 80s cartoon, mm-hmm. with him, like, jumping forward. And and it's I it's actually just kind of like a, a stock image of Raphael. From yeah, the yeah, you just see that a lot. Yeah, and it was it was actually if you remember the original the original Mirage comics, uh, the Raphael one shot, mm-hmm. and it's no 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 it's um issue two, uh the the Mouser issue when the first picture the first image on the first page is Raphael jumping forward towards Michelangelo while they're sparring in the sewers while everybody else is just kind of hanging out around them. Oh, okay. That image of Raphael specifically jumping forward has been used to this day. Wow. And, like, they always just change the version of Raphael. And, I mean, it is still. I have a T-shirt that I bought at Target last year of that image of Raphael. 
Yeah, in that yeah. exact pose. Yeah. I wonder why they uh, chose that one. It's weird because you don't see any other, at least the the photos that I've seen of this particular lunchbox. This is the only thermos that comes with it. You don't see a Michelangelo one, a Donatello one. Yeah. Uh, guys, correct me if I'm wrong. You know, anybody listening that might have a different one, but I'm talking particularly the blue lunchbox with shredder over the dock. The yeah. it comes with the RAF thermos with a blue cap, of course. But uh, the I don't. I'd like to know if there was a, a Donatello one or any other turtle. But but I want to talk about the lunchbox for a second because I thought this was interesting. Yeah. Okay. Look at shredder. Doesn't he not look huge. He looks massive. He looks like a he looks like a Greek Titan. You know, <laughs> he does. Also, it looks like he's got like a hairy chest. It's kind of weird, but he looks like a super shredder, right? Exactly. Yeah, like he's quadruple the size he normally is. They're on a dock. Looks like it's New York City, but here's the thing. What does that remind you of? It reminds me of uh, Secret of the Use. Exactly, but that came yeah. out in 1991. Yeah. This lunchbox came out in 1990. Yeah. How do they know that? Did they were they in the middle of filming and production goes, "Hey, let's make a lunchbox about this," but not promote but, it as the movie? You know what I think it is? It's like it is at this time the turtles were known as a comic book and a cartoon and just so many different mediums. And it is just a classic image of your heroes. And then looming behind them is a huge representation of a signature villain. Like, there is a great comic book, or there's a great cover of an amazing Spider-Man comic, uh, where it is Spider-Man at, at a normal scale, and then behind them are these huge versions of the Sinister Six, you know? Right. Hobgoblin, Sandman, Dr. Octopus, <laughs> Green Goblin, Electro. I have that comic. I have that in uh, one of my boxes under in my closet. And that is a very classic, specifically comic book image of just your heroes and a hu- just representing the huge threat. Yeah, I, I get that. Yeah, but and, so you say it's more of a coincidence. Yeah, I do. I I I think that um, I don't <sighs> think this was like subliminal messaging of like this is going to go see Secret of the Ooze because uh, man, I don't know, man, I don't know. That doc it, seems a little obscure to me. Well, they, the thing the thing that I the reason why I say I don't think it's that I'm not saying you're wrong, but the, my argument would be. But I'm not like, right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're not wrong, but you ain't right. Yeah. Um, uh, the turtles didn't need to do that. They didn't need to go for that subliminal messaging because the turtles were. This was very much 1990. Mm-hmm. They were everywhere. Right. They had everything. You know, so it's it's just yeah, I get that. I think it's just a classic image. I think I just figured it out. Okay. I think this lunchbox inspired the filmmakers. Maybe. I think I, you know, you never know. <laughs> you know what? It it was such a business back then where they figured out how many people, how many kids have that lunchbox. We got to write a movie around it. <laughs> you know, because yeah. how crazy were the eighties and nineties? They made a movie about anything. Ah, uh, you're right. You're exactly right. Yeah. Without the bravery of movie makers making movies about just the dumbest thing, <laughs> we would not have the Emoji Movie coming out this year. You know, <laughs> that's true. That is true. So, so let me ask you something, man. Um, did, so you said you had the red one when you were a kid. I, I had a blue. I had this lunchbox and thermos, but it was blue. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that's the one I'm looking at right now. I'm pretty sure this. I, I'm pretty sure I had the blue thermos as well. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, I ha- I had the blue one, but you know my curiosity got the best of me, and I started looking at some other lunch boxes, and there were some really cool designs on some of these. I'm looking at one right now that was a white one from 1989. It's got Splinter in the background and the four turtles running away from them. I like they're afraid of them for some reason. Yeah. Uh, I'd never seen that one before. I also saw a dark blue one from 1989 as well. Um, that's got the foot soldiers. They're all fighting. It says 1989 Mirage Studios and has looks like a red thermos that comes with it. Same shot of Raphael. So I'm a mark for this stuff. And and another thing I found uh, that I never seen before. Speaking of obscure stuff, was a Raphael paper lunch bag. Have you ever seen these before? No. Uh, let's see if I can find it. I was looking through eBay. Speaking of which, the prices on these are pretty pretty reasonable, and they're pretty common too. But yeah, all the other lunch boxes are going for five to ten bucks. Some are a little bit more, but the shippings are you know right around eight or nine bucks. It seems like for every single one of them. That's crazy. Yeah, I just thought that was interesting to see because I remember how big they were. You were a cool kid if you had a Ninja Turtles lunchbox. You know, it didn't matter what you had in there. Oh, yeah. The lunch was immediately better because it was in that lunchbox. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know, man. <laughs> I'm I'm going to try. I think, like, payday is next week. I'm going to see if I can find one of these. Nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they, make a, they make for a great, like, shelf item. It looks really, really cool. <clears throat> so that's it for the Rad Relic. Um, you want to get in the toy room? Ru- the- Jeez, I'm drunk. You want to get into the toy review, Josh? <laughs> Yeah, hold on. I'm gonna I'm gonna send you an image that I was talking to you about. Hold on, because I, oh, okay. I really want you to see this. Okay, here's the first one. Okay, this is from the comics. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, now this is the one that I'm talking about. This is the one that I always saw when I was a kid. Okay, and it's the same thing. Watch this. There you go. Wow. Yes. Yeah, same exact pose. You're right. You remember that? Yeah. Oh they, yes. They, always done that image of Raphael specifically yeah wow I wonder wonder why that I mean it's a cool shot I'm just wondering yeah see let me ask you something as far as merchandising went who do you think was the most popular turtle oh man that's you would think from the movie it'd be Michelangelo but I saw Raph more than any other turtle it seemed like in the you know what it, it's it's a tie between Raphael and Michelangelo. Okay, because yeah. those were the funny ones in the show. I mean, they were all funny. Oh, but yeah. those two specifically, they were... I mean, Raphael was the sarcastic one. Michelangelo mm-hmm. was just the zany one, you yeah. know? <laughs> it, it really... I mean, if you watch that original show... Like, my, I, I watched... Last week, I watched... Or last night, I watched with uh, my babies the... Uh, season three episode whatever and it was the first appearance of Usagi Ojimbo and um Raphael looks at the camera and says he's an anthropomorphic rabbit from another dimension in feudal Japan so of course he speaks English <laughs> breaking the fourth wall I love that it. is exactly what he says and just like that that was the guy that I liked because that was that was my sense of humor when I was I mean it's still my sense of humor <laughs> That was why Raphael was my guy. It started there, and then I, I realized that I have anger issues, and oh yeah, now I'm really related to him. <laughs> <laughs> that that's what's great about the turtles is you don't you have a favorite turtle because he specifically you specifically identify with that turtle. Like, yeah, exactly. I don't see you as an angry guy. I see you as a a sarcastic guy, but like an overall nice guy. 
Yeah, you know, and the thing with and anger is a is a a really harsh way of saying it, but like a lot of it goes back into. I mean, like there's a reason why I don't drink anymore. There's a reason why um, I don't do a lot of the things I used to do. I used to, when I was in the army, and just there's a lot that I've walked away from, and. I don't get angry so much anymore as I get like super frustrated and I just don't have time for people who are <laughs> unwilling to work. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a huge thing. Well, I just me. think that's normal. <laughs> but to get back to your original question, I think Raphael and Michelangelo were the most bankable turtles. Seemed that way. At least at least in the stores, I saw Raph on just about everything, it seemed like. And yeah. you, di- you didn't see... It seemed like all my friends, including me, were Donatello fans. Or, yeah. or Michelangelo fans, mm-hmm. but as from a marketing standpoint, I just saw Raph on a lot more stuff, and and even to this day, like we were just saying, it seems like you see him more on on things than some of the other turtles. Yeah, so. and you know, you know what else? Because if you look at like, I I have a theory that it has to do with getting the the, uh, and I don't know how people are going to re- uh, react to this, but like getting uh, girls to buy turtle stuff. Because if you really think about it, girls love bad boys. <laughs> oh boy, you just you just doomed our show. I know Raphael <laughs> is the bad boy of all bad boys, man. And girls respond to that. I mean, like he did get the girls in the show. I don't. I don't care what women say. They don't want a nice guy. They want a dude with a leather jacket smoking a cigarette on a motorcycle. <laughs> and that's that's Raphael. Yeah. You know. <laughs> did you imagine us even trying to be that guy? Oh, dude, I would, I don't, I, I'd fall over, man. Just be like, I'm trying to lean up on somebody else's motorcycle, <laughs> and I'd choke on my cigarette. But I, can't, <laughs> I mean, I've got that part down, but you know. <laughs> but I think, it, I think, really, just, and you know what? Probably the realistic part of it is probably red dyes and red inks is probably cheaper than purple and blue. That's what I was wondering about. I wonder if it's specifically a financial reason for some for yeah. some particular reason. I know it's kind of a weird, obscure question, but I just kind of wondered about that. And it's not crazy to think of that because, like, the Incredible Hulk is green because green dye is cheaper than any of the other ones. Wow, see, I, I didn't know that. Yeah, because, like, originally the Incredible Hulk was gray. And they said, well, gray ink is really expensive. Can we make them another color? And Stan Lee said, what's cheapest? And they said, green. He's like, make them green. <laughs> and they never explained it. They just said, oh, he's green. He's green. Yeah. Because comics. Yeah. You know. <laughs> I wonder if purple uh, pants are cheap, too. Green, yeah, you know, at the time, you know, in the <laughs> 60s, you know, purple had moxie. Hey, did she say pizza? So you live in an antique store? Yep. Pizza. Well, above, actually. Well, I was going to give you guys a tour of the store. Ready? All right, man. So uh, that brings us to our tour review, my man. You want to talk about yours today? It's a good yes, one. Yes, I do. So what I have here is the one six scale Dr- Casey Jones action figure put out from Dream EX. All one word, Dream X. This is a... I don't really... I, I don't really do one six scale figures because six scale figures is they expensive. Ah. And I saved up for I have I have little piles here and I was like I this this week I put money in this pile this week I put money <laughs> over here and these came out the ones I have I've got Shredder Casey Jones Leonardo and Raphael they all came out within the last year Donatello and Michelangelo just came out last month. And 
Shredder is the most expensive in the line at $220. So, and I got that as a gift. So I didn't buy, I wasn't going to buy that. <laughs> but the Casey Jones one specifically was one that I wanted. And he ran about 180 So oh, they, wow. they are, they are expensive. Yeah. But reason, the reason for it is they're sculpt, the sculpt on, the figure itself like okay so like you want to look at his mask and like the weathering effects that are on the this white mask which is now aged and weathered gray with battle damage and uh the mask is actually molded to the character doesn't come off of it but like his facial sculpt is really really they don't make hockey masks like this so like you really go crazy with it you know like there's no goalie mask that looks like casey jones no (laughs) you know but like uh, his clothing is not part of the mold. It's actual fabric cloth uh, wow. clothing that he comes wearing. Like the pants actually have drawstrings that you can untie and tighten up and tie. Uh, the uh, half t-shirt that he wears is like stitched up on the side to where it was broken and he had to re-stitch it up. He wears like actual combat boots that... They don't the the laces are molded to it, but like the actual boot tread on it is really oh wow wow yeah that's detailed wow yeah man and that's what boots actually look like and mm-hmm. like my favorite aspect is his his golf bag the golf bag actually has velcro pockets that open up with actual stitching and wow has pockets has zippers that actually unzip and you can put stuff in it like his accessories he comes with an aluminum baseball bat. Which is not metal; it's actually plastic, but it's painted up to look like an uh, aluminum, mm-hmm. and painted up to look like he's got the black electrical tape that everybody put on the handle grip. Um, he comes with a wooden baseball bat, a hockey stick, a golf club, a cricket mallet, and you're a big sports guy, Rob. What is this? I don't know what that is. Uh, that looks like a field hockey stick. Okay, there you go. <laughs> Yeah, he comes with like a field hockey stick. I don't, I, I don't know. Sports. <laughs> he comes with a softball and or a baseball and a hockey puck that I actually have tucked into the pockets here, and he can actually hold on to them. Wow, relatively well. He comes with, I think he comes with two sets of alternate hands, and of oh, wow. of different of different postures. Like he has like just. Uh, balled up fists he's got a slightly open hands so we can hold on to the baseball and slightly open hands so we can hold on to the his weaponry mm-hmm. but he doesn't have like a tight firm grip it's made so you can take out the weapons without damaging them and chipping the paint and everything which i kind of like and i kind of don't like because it just kind of kind of holds onto it you can just kind of like wiggle this stuff out super easy he comes with uh, the, the the big drawback to this figure that I don't really like is he's hard to stand up because of the golf bag. Yeah, I was wondering about it, that. It throws off his center of gravity because it is an actual real canvas golf bag and it's got some heft to it mm-hmm. because it holds all these weapons and it will make him fall, depending on how you have him standing, it can make him fall forward and it can make him fall backward. It's easy to fix. Just don't put the golf bag on him. But then it's not Casey Jones without the golf bag on him. <laughs> yeah. He comes with, a, you know, the old... If you look at the old figure, he's got the same kind of clothing. He's got the half shirt, 
the utilitarian pants on, the boots, the shoulder pad on the one shoulder, which actually I kind of like that it's not a sculpted piece on the shoulder. Yeah. It's actually held there with Velcro on a shoulder harness that he wears. But the shoulder harness is this little piece of leather that just kind of comes apart easily. And while we were talking before the show, when I moved the figure from my table to where I sit to record, it came apart. I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> so I, I kind of know one day that the Velcro was just going to give away and I'm going to have to glue the shoulder pad onto the shoulder, which is fine. I have no problem with, but every, different strokes for different folks, um, you might not like that, mm-hmm. you know? And on top of that, this Casey Jones just got, like, he's got tattoos on his arms, which he didn't ever, but this guy's got tattoos on his arms. Uh, He's got, like, a tattoo on one arm of barbed wire, but it looks really cool. And his other tattoo is, like, this weird tribal design on his shoulder. It's the Purple Dragons. Yeah, exactly, yeah. (laughs) But he's got, like, this uh, tribal design that's covered up by the shoulder pad. So you don't see it, but it's kind of cool knowing it's there. He's got a, an actual elbow pad that he wears that is held together by an elastic strap that is you can kind of adjust it, but it just kind of stays there, which is what an elbow pad's supposed to do. But it, it looks like an actual regulation elbow pad that you would wear inline skating or hockey skating or whatever. But then he's got, an, on the opposite arm, he's got an elbow pad that he made out of, like, socks. <laughs> you know, old socks. Yeah, you can see where he stitched together. Wow, elbow pad made out of socks. You know, <laughs> and he's got like the the wrist wraps with uh, uh made out of medical tape, mm-hmm. and he's got leather gloves on with the knuckle yeah. busters on them that he like put together himself. You know, I really like it. And all of these figures have this level of quality. Like here, I'll just real quickly show off the Raphael figure right here. Oh, wow. He looks great, too. Yeah. And these arms that he, he's got folded arms, uh, these arms actually pop off, and you can put on just regular, I don't know, multi-jointed, just action figure arms, you know? Yeah. This is actually one piece. It can't move, so you can pop them out, and it's just one piece of just, like, crossed arms, which looks really creepy when you don't have it attached <laughs> to the top. Um, like, the the quality of this, of those Ninja Turtle figures it's like the the weapons are actually made out of steel, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like his his size, if you're playing around with them, you can really hurt yourself with them. <laughs> oh, God. You know, like, the, the, they all come with shurikens and ninja stars, and you could really hurt yourself if you're just mucking around with them. That's true, yeah. But Casey Jones is the only one that comes with plastic and rubber weapons, and Shredder does, too. Shredder's blades, while sharp mm-hmm. in air quotes, they're made out of plastic. Right. But, like, I'll just show you the Shredder here. I mean, he's super intimidating. You know, like, it is... Wow, yeah, that looks great. It is the... I mean, they are... They look super modern and incredible and super detailed and articulate, but they're yeah. based on the original cartoon. I love that, yeah. You can see he's, he's even got, like, the purple, right? Yeah, he's got the purple cape, which yeah. has got a big wire in it so you can pose it. Oh, cool. He's got Around the around the edges, it's got actually a wire, so you can here. I'll show you a little bit of it, just like, just like that, and like a piece of the wire actually poked out of it here. The only complaint I have about him is like the shoulder pads is the same thing. Blades, like you know, it's got the the velcro on there. Mm-hmm. 
you know, but he's actually got like leather pants and like leather armor and fabric on here. So like it's actually been hand stitched. Wow. Well, that's awesome, man. So, so what would you give this figure at a one out of ten rating? I'd give this figure like about an eight be, or a seven. Okay. Because I don't think they should be as much. They should cost as much as they do. I really don't because like there are figures that, I mean, I understand exactly why they cost as much as they do. They are. I mean, first off, like this Casey Jones, I mean, it's advertised on the box that he came in. It's limited edition. They yeah. only made so many of these. You said it was 180, Josh? Yeah, it was 180 or 190. That You know, the Casey Jones specifically was 190. The Shredder one was 220. And Nicole told me, because Nicole bought me the Shredder one, she says, don't worry, I didn't pay that much for it. Like, oh, <laughs> God. I don't, know how, I don't know how she found it for less than that, because I haven't been able to. Or she's just lying to me. <laughs> But, like, these are for a certain collector that is just willing to spend that much on a figure. You know, I'm, I'm after I get the Donatello and Michelangelo one, because those are those are literally on the way here. You know, I'll wow. get them sometime next week. Um, and I saved up for it, and I paid for it. And it's just like, I'm, I'm just, I can't justify doing that anymore. But if you're going to drop the cash on them, these are worth it. You know, they're like a seven because I think the price arguably shouldn't be as much as it is. But essentially these aren't action figures. These are like posable statues. Yeah, true. Uh, and like, since I showed you all of them, I'll just show you the Leonardo one right here that I've got posed out. Oh, wow. Yeah. He looks great. Yeah. And they, I know they're based on the 1988 cartoon, but, like, based on the facial sculpts, I kind of see, like, the 2003s. That's what I was thinking, yeah, especially with the um, the um, bandana kind of stretched out like that. Yeah, and the bulk of them. And, like, the bandana on the turtles is really cool. They all they have a wire, too, so you can pose them like they're standing oh, cool. or something. Yeah. And they're really but, nice, man. I, I am very jealous. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm sorry, dude. It's never my intention to make you jealous. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, I know, I know. I, I didn't even know those figures existed, um, yeah, you can find so them. I'm really impressed. I would look for them on Big Bad Toy Store, and like, you know why they're as expensive as they are? Is because they're manufactured by a Chinese company, and they're o they're only manufactured in China, so oh, they have okay. to be imported here. So this is probably a hundred dollar figure that's imported because it's that's right. 180 bucks because they're imported from China. You know, but that aside, that they're they're probably. They're probably an eight for me. I'll say they're an eight because I really have issues with keeping them standing. Mm -hmm. And they come with an action figure stand that because of the molds of the turtles specifically, because of the shell, they don't fit on the stand they come with. Oh, wow. Huh. Casey Jones and Shredder do, kind of. Uh, <laughs> Casey Jones doesn't really because of the golf bag. Shredder doesn't really fit on a stand because of the cape. So it's kind of <laughs> like, here's a stand. Good luck using it. <laughs> So that really kind of gives it a ding, uh, a yeah. hash mark in the negative reaction there. Yeah. That being said, I absolutely love these figures. I cannot wait to get Michelangelo and Donatello to finish the set. And it is going to be finished there because there's talks of a Krang figure coming out in the Android mm -hmm. body. And I've seen it. They've got a concept of it. There's no Ooh. guarantee it's coming out. 
and that figure is gonna have to be like a three hundred dollar figure, and that's ridiculous. <laughs> that's um, a so Nintendo so Switch. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I really do love these figures. They're from Dream X Toys. Uh, Dream X is, you know, uh, D R. Let's see, D R E A M E X. No space in there. All one word. Look them up on Big Bad Toy Store because that seems to be the best deal for you. And right now they've got all of them in stock except for Leonardo and Raphael. They're actually on pre-order because they sold out super quick. Wow. And they're actually getting a restock of them. So you can pre-order Raphael and Leonardo now. And Shredder, Casey Jones, Donatello, and Michelangelo are all in stock. You can buy them now. At least as at the time of this recording, you can get them. The only way I would get another one of these is if they make an April figure. Because what's really cool is the turtles co- each come with a turtle com that they open up, and you can look oh, cool. inside. And on Leonardo, for whatever reason, on Leonardo's, you can see April, and it's April O'Neil from the cartoon. Oh, cool! <laughs> and one little uh, accessory that Shredder comes with—I mean, he comes with swords and stuff like that—but they don't really fit in his hand. They don't really fit in his grip. But one thing that uh, Shredder comes with is this canister of retro mutagen. Oh, cool. But it doesn't fit in his hand, so I just have it stick. <laughs> okay, fine. Yeah, but, well, that's funny. But he comes with the old communicator from the cartoon that looks like a pork chop. Oh, the pork chop one. Yeah. And nice. On, and on the screen is Krang. <laughs> oh, it's perfect. <laughs> it looks awesome. The reason why you, you made fun of me the other day about... Uh, he's going to buy those statues of Shredder, Bebop, and Rocksteady, and Krang. It's like, this is how I know I'm not going to, because <laughs> my money went here. I understand that. I understand. And I wanted to get back to just buying the four turtles as action figure sets, and that's kind of what I'm going to do. But, like, I'm kind of looking around. It's like, no, I got everything. <laughs> I I'm have done. no room. <laughs> well, that's awesome, man. I better write a Ninja Turtle novel, because that's about the only... <laughs> Uh, hill I haven't climbed yet. Well, that is awesome, man. I'm good stuff there, man. I I really really like those figures. Um, yeah, there. I dude, if I were you, I would save up and buy at least at least get yourself Casey Jones. You know, because yeah. because really, if you think about it, there's not very many Casey Jones figures. There's not. There really aren't. And they, I did can, not like the 2012 design of them. No, I didn't. No. Yeah, I, that's my least favorite Casey Jones. Yeah, you know, that design could have been saved if the, if the figure was of a higher quality, but it, it really – it's a gray figure with a black and white face. And it's, yeah. It's yeah. just not worth buying, you know? He and, just doesn't – yeah, he just doesn't look – I mean, I, you don't expect exactly the same thing. You, yeah. You don't want that. You want something new and up, updated. I just I just thought the design was kind of um, sterile, kind of generic. Yeah. And just doesn't look all that great, but that's just my opinion. That's my personal yeah. preference. And you know what? I you can say I'm biased from the original series of figures, and I am. But to be fair, I bought that 2012 Casey Jones. Oh, me too. I didn't like it. You know, <laughs> he was. A, I bought he, it because he's Casey Jones. Yeah, you know, and and really, the real I, I bought it for my son. My son Vincent, he wanted it. I bought it for him. I didn't want it. I had the original one. <laughs> uh, but I bought it for him, and uh, when he took it out of the package, I said, let me see that, and he let me see it, and it was a flimsy-feeling figure. Oh, really? Yeah, it was just, I still got mine in the box. You know, just like the ball joints of it, just kind of he just kind of went everywhere. He was like Woody from Toy Story. He just kind of <laughs> went everywhere. You know, and, yeah. and I 
I told my son, I'm glad you like it. And then when he walked away and I said to myself, I'm glad I didn't buy it for me. You know? <laughs> uh, it's like, I'm glad you got that piece of crap. Yeah. But <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. The, the saving grace of the 2012 series is like they put their best sculpts and the, on the turtles themselves. I love yeah. that 2012 first line of turtles. They're all colored incredibly well. The sculpt is great, and I love how they're all different heights. Finally, they're all different heights. Right. <laughs> you know, because they always show them at different heights in every cartoon, but, like, the figures were all one one size. Yeah. Okay, fine. Yeah, I agree. But anyway, yeah, go out and get these figures if you can afford them. If you can afford them. Sell at your car the, or do whatever you got to do. At the time, I could afford them. So, yeah. <laughs> and right now, I don't want to. So that's that's just me right there. So I feel like awesome. this is the apology, the Josh's apology episode right here. It's like, oh, you you always say that, you know, in every episode, you're like, ah, oh, this is it, this is it, I'm yeah. done. This is this is uh, you know, let me please uh-huh. case episode, yeah, right, this, right. This is the soapbox episode here. Yes, <laughs> I, I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna have to title it that. <laughs> yeah, Josh's slippery slope. Hello, violators. You're in Casey's comic classroom. Prepare to be screwed. Awesome, man. Well, um, real quick, I'll uh, get in our comic review here. I'll do a speedy review. I wanted to give a little love to The Amazing Adventures. Of course, I was a big Archie fan growing up, and when the animated series came out, the 2012 one, they also had the companion comic book, which was called The Animated Adventures, I think. Uh, I think that's what it was called. Yeah, the series was, yeah. Right, right. And we talked about it a little earlier. It was basically supposed to be a continuation of the 2012 cartoon. So it was kind of stuck in that canon of the Ninja Turtles. Well, they, I think they did about, I can't remember the exact number of issues, but it was close to 20, maybe even a little bit more. Yeah. And I have, I have most of them. And then they uh, rebranched everything, um, redesigned everything, and called it Amazing Adventures, which allowed them to kind of get out of the whole 2012 continuity line and, and branch out and do some other things. So it really kind of opened the space for other interpretations of the Turtles, whether it be the Archie series, the original cartoon, the original Mirage comics, whatever. But it was still geared toward kids. So I read those, and apparently I wasn't really sure what had happened. At first I thought my comic shop maybe might have messed up and just forgot to keep ordering them. Because I always tell my buddy Randy, he owns a comic shop here in Knoxville, great store, called New Krypton Comics, by the way. He's a great guy, and he always orders all the turtle stuff. Well, I noticed month by month these last few months I've not been receiving any amazing adventure stories. So I was like, what's going on with that? So I actually did a search this morning, and based on what I see, let's see if I have it. I must have closed out of it. But one of the websites I went to said that there was only 14-some issues of the Amazing Adventures run. So it looks like they stopped producing comics. The last one was September 21st, 2016, as far as I can see. So it's been about nine or ten months now since we've gotten an Amazing Adventures book. I was really kind of sad about that because oh wow I'm, yeah yeah because I love the 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 design of the book and you know yeah I'm looking it up right now the animated adventures book ran from May 2013 to July 20 or uh, until July 2015 with 24 issues and 24 okay was canceled because of the declining sales and right. Amazing Adventures replaced it I did I thought Amazing Adventures was still going 
I, I did too for the longest time until I just happened to look and start thinking about it some more. I was like, well, I only got about 13, 14 issues of this. And I did some research. Yeah, looks like September 21st was the last release, and that was issue 14, at least from what I saw on that website. So all of a sudden, I just happened to see this in my turtle box, my turtle folder at the comic shop. And it was the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Amazing Adventures Robot Animals series. First of all, I was excited anyway because didn't know this was coming out. Uh, this came out in June, and it's got. And secondly, it's got the mutant animals on it, so I knew it was going to be cool. So, first of all, I immediately was impressed with the artwork. Uh, the artwork was great. Uh, Chad Thomas. I'm not sure what else he's done. But I've really, really enjoyed his artwork in this in this issue. The second strength is the coloring. It's a beautiful issue. It just really pops. And that's probably my main appeal to this series. Of course, it's, it's definitely targeted for kids. But it's just a lighthearted, vibrant, colorful book. Mm-hmm. So just to sum up the plot really, really quick, because um, I know we're a little pressed for time here. Sorry. Um, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> That's going to be the name of this episode. We're sorry. <laughs> Josh, is, Josh happened. Yes. Yeah, uh-huh. Uh, so, bottom line is, uh, Baxter Stockman, he's in fly form here. He's sitting in his lab, and I love the, the way he talks in this issue. They've got all the Zs, you know, for his fly dialogue, I guess. He is trying to do an experiment on Scumbug and Antrax. He's got them both in these canisters, and he's doing this experiment with, where he's mixing nanobots with mutagen to see what happens. Well, he tests Scumbug and Antrax, and they eventually turn into bigger mutants, but they're also robots. And he goes, oh, excellent. I could use this on the mutanimals. So he shows up at the Mutanimals lair. By the way, the Mutanimals look great. Uh, Muckman's probably my favorite design out of this uh, out of this book. He just looks awesome. And I love his eyeballs attached to the shoulder. So they're kind of having a party, and they hear a knock at the door, and they think it's the Turtles. Well, when they open the door, Slash opens the door, it's Basha Stockman. And he goes, oh, guys, and he kind of gives them the whole lie. You know, hey, I've, I'm changed. I'm not much different from you guys. You know, can we work together? Can we be friends? And Slash having a really good heart, especially in this particular series, and, and the IDW series as well, uh, he's like, you know what, let's, bygone, let's let bygones be bygones. Sure, why don't you come on in? And finally the turtles show up, and Leonardo was uncharacteristically harsh, I thought, in, in this issue. He just seemed way too aggressive. He, yeah. he wants to uh, fight Baxter Stockman right off the bat, and understandably so. Baxter doesn't have the greatest track record, but it just seemed like Raph should be the one saying this, not Leo, but that's just me. Yeah. Um, so Leo does not trust him, and he gets he actually gets in an argument with Slash, like, seriously, how can you trust this guy? And Slash is going, how, how can you insult my intelligence? I know what this guy's done, but I also feel like we should forgive him. And, of course, Baxter's playing them, playing them like a fiddle because as Leo and Slash are fighting, Baxter sneaks out the window, grabs his canister of nanobot ooze, throws it in, and somehow, here's where I think there's one little plot hole. They're all in the Mutanimals' apartment, right? You know, you got all the Mutanimals in there, but the turtles are in there as well. Baxter throws that canister in, it only gets on the Mutanimals, and somehow the turtles run out, don't get infected by any of the ooze, and now, as they're running out of the apartment, the mutanimals 
are uh, now robots, and they look great. Once again, Machman as an android, he looks like a garbage version of Terminator. He looks awesome. <laughs> Just the, the designs of Leatherhead slash uh, Pigeon Pete, they, they all look really, really cool uh, as robot forms. So now the Mutanimals, controlled by Baxter because now they're nanobots, they are programmed to attack the turtles. While the turtles, they're running through the streets, and eventually Michelangelo spots this. It's called Old Bessie's Glue Emporium, and it's got a picture of a smiling <laughs> horse on the factory. <laughs> so Michelangelo, like, hey, I don't want to kill these guys. Can we just like maybe stop them for a little bit? So they lure the Mutanimals into this factory and battle them. Great scene. And Michelangelo, or actually I think it's Donatello, knocks some of the glue onto the ro- robot animals. Oh, wow. And somehow they bust out of the glue, so they're too strong for that. There's a great, it's probably about a four or five page spread of just a great fight scene between the turtles and the mutanimals. And f- basically it ends with the mutanimals getting the upper hand in the fight. And they're all, they've all got the turtles pinned, and a Baxter Stockman's on top of Slash's shoulders, and he goes... Taste the defeat of the hands of my robot animals, and uh, that's how the issue ends. Oh wow! Yeah, so Baxter finally gets a little bit of glory here. You know, I know it'll probably be short-lived, but um, overall, I have to say I really, really like this issue, and it was exciting to see the Amazing Adventures back again. I've missed them. I'm looking at the cover of the next issue, and it looks like it's got. A giant version of Baxter Stockman pursuing the turtles. Um, and he is huge, probably about quadruple the size of the turtles. And you've got all these little Baxter Stockman flies like flying around. They all look like mini versions of him flying around, stalking the turtles. <laughs> so overall, for a kid's book, um, I, it still drew my interest as an adult. And I really, really liked this story. Thought there was two, you know, two things that bothered me a little bit. And that was how uncharacteristically aggressive Leo was and sometimes I think Leo he's a little leery but he's not violent you know he was flat out violent in this issue which I thought was strange for him Hmm. Um, especially for a kid's book you know yeah yeah I mean he was like punch first ask questions later in this book and he he had more of Raph's personality so that, that part was a little weird and the fact that none of the turtles got any of the mut- mutagen ooze on them when they were in the same exact room as the mutanimals. So that was a little weird, too. But with those minor things aside, it was still a fun issue, and it was it was a gorgeous issue. So I would give it eight Metal Muckmans out of ten. I thought it was a pretty <laughs> solid issue. And that was it, man. Um, I think next time what we're going to try to do is maybe every fifth episode... Um, what we can do is an old Archie issue and an old, or maybe a new Amazing Adventures issue. If there's more of the robot animals or any more of the Amazing Adventures issues we want to review. So that way we do something old, something new. Every five episodes, we kind of do like an adventure show. Yeah, I think so. That'd be great. Yeah, I mean, between the two of us, we've got pretty much that whole series of at least the Archie Adventures. Yeah. We've got most of the amazing adventures and they're all available digitally, so mm-hmm. it's it's incredibly doable. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And we want to give some love to both of those because I'm I'm a big fan of the I love the original Archie stuff. I've kind of grown fond of the amazing adventure stuff too, so you know, they, they both have the same kind of fun loving vibe. So we wanted to give some love to that. 
You know what's a really cool, in that same vibe of the Animated Adventures comic, there's a, a one-shot release, I think, like, back in May, and it was the Funko Pop Turtles. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, I read that. That was a fun issue. Have you have you read that? That one's really cool when they, they uh, eat a bowl of the Shreddies syrup <laughs> with an image of Shredder on the box. Why did they eat that, and why are they surprised <laughs> that bad things happened? I know it was great. It was great. It definitely had some humor to it. But it was really cute. That was it was a kids book that was just for I don't want to say kids book, but like an all ages book. Yeah. That was just it was really funny. It harkened back to the old comedy shtick of the mm-hmm. uh 88 cartoon and with modern modernized for today. It was really cool. You know, and and I'm surprised that the uh animated series from the website you saw it from that the sales dwindled. Yeah, I'm a little surprised at that because I don't know. I, I I tend to think that the I'm an adult and I bought the issues. I thought they were actually really really fun, but I don't know if maybe I'm I'm kind of in the minority buying these particular comics. But I like all the versions of Turtles. I like the lighthearted stuff. I like the serious stuff. You know, I know you're the same way. I definitely love their humor, and they've always had that just goofy humor. They've all even mm-hmm. back in the early mirage comics it's always been tongue-in-cheek that that oh, first, yeah. that first issue was hardcore and, mm-hmm. and gritty because they didn't know they were going to make an issue two yeah and issue two the first page of issue two you see michelangelo reading or uh, you see leonardo reading a book about warner brothers animation <laughs> if, if you look at it in the background he's reading a book on cartoons yeah you know yeah that that really is the base, and it's always been like that, right? And it's been an ongoing thing. You're right. It's 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 always been that way. It's and it's, and an ongoing thing, even in the earliest issues, like Renette. I think of that particular issue with Cerebus. There was a lot of humor in that issue. Mm-hmm. So yes, there's some violence, but there was also a lot of humor too. Turtles always had that. Yeah. It's just the art style, and and I think a lot of casual fans, you know, they remember and go, "Oh yeah, I want the gritty black and white, yeah, cutting heads off kind of turtles." And I'm like, yeah. "Well, that was that was half of it, but along with that was a lot of humor that people often forget about." And really, you know what? There's really you kind of remember what you want to remember. Sure, absolutely. You know, and it's I mean, like even and I'm guilty of that too. Yeah, I am too. I remember. I remember saying that, you know, I want to see a Turtles movie when I was younger. I remember saying I want to see a Turtles movie where they're, like, fighting gangbangers like they used to in the old comics. And really what I remembered was the first issue where they fought the Purple Dragons, you know? Right. <laughs> yeah, it's just – but that's what I remembered. And in my head, I associated with every subsequent issue after that, they fought gangbangers. Yeah, well, was it – not City at War. Um the one of the last storylines the of volume one. What was that called again? City at War. City. Oh, that, okay, that was yeah. City at War. Yeah, that was What's the last the one. That was the last one. I'm thinking of City Fall from IDW. That's the one I was getting confused. Yeah, with. yeah. But you know, even IDW, there's there's some violent parts, but there's also I think it captures the same exact tone that the original volume had. Um, so you know, it's always humor's always been a part of the turtles. Look at it this way: there has been thirty plus years of. Of Leonardo not actually using his swords. <laughs> yeah, not very often. You know, that, right. it's it's incredibly rare that once every five years he finally stabs someone. <laughs> hey, Matt, where are you going? Out to a movie. That okay with you? Yeah.
so for today's green screen, we are covering The Next Mutation. It's been the first time I think you and I have watched it in, gosh, how many months, Josh? I, You know what? This is the first time that we've actually watched it. You know, Really? I, Ever? Yeah, yeah. You and I together. This is the first time we've watched this. Wow. You know, I, I don't doubt that a bit because uh, the last episode I remember is was with Landon. That was at least a year ago. And then before that, I think I know it was Jay Weezy. Was, I know Jay Weezy wasn't actually going to watch this. <laughs> well, He's he, like, no, there's no girl turtles here, man. Yeah, come yeah. to think of it, I think that's the real reason, uh, you know, he's not on much anymore. Yeah, you know, it's just like you made him watch Venus one time. I ruined it, yeah. Well, I mean, at least, at least for him. But see, you know, you're yeah. a Venus defender, and I'm kind of I'm neutral. I, I don't dislike her. I don't – I'm kind of eh. So, okay, so let me ask you this. Just how would you feel about Venus being a full-time – character in the idw series would you want to see her full time or just every now and then dude i'd love it yeah i mean i in all honesty like if there's no reason why you couldn't have venus in there because if you've already got angel alapex april O'Neil, casey jones harold uh woody the pizza guy you know woody the pizza guy who's that (laughs) no come on and one thing that's really cool is about two months maybe i think back in april um, a team and T artist for IDW named Sophie Campbell, she had drawn up concept designs of her version of Venus de Milo. Oh yeah, from from the uh, 2014 movie in done in that style, and they looked great. Yeah, they yeah, looked amazing. I was like, why can't there be Venus right now? You know, I mean, she was given one chance at bat. Why why can't she be given another one? I, you know, I really don't know. The- I honestly don't know. I think it's a combination of a couple of things. Why you know there's a lot of Venus haters out there. I, I think it's the fact that one, it, you know, there's the next mutation stigma. Just just yeah. anything that was in the next mutation or even reminds people of the next mutation. For for the most part, there are some people yeah. that love the next mutation. I, I'm kind of eh, I'm in the middle, if not maybe a little bit on the lower side. Don't hate it though. Yeah. I'm I'm in the same zone, man. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I know our buddy Anthony Pig loves an exputation, and I know there's some other defenders out there. So I, I think I think part of it is just the fact that it, anytime anyone thinks of an exputation, they think of Venus, and vice versa. I also think the fact that just people are so accustomed to just there being four and then Splinter, and just the fact that it's something new and was going to be an ongoing stable of a character. Uh-huh. People just were uncomfortable with that. I don't know if it has anything to do with being a girl. I, I would hope not, but uh... I think honestly, I think that's what it is. I think it's girl turtle. Really? I think her. I think like her design, like her the design of the character Venus de Milo in the Next Mutation. Her design is great. Like her face. Yeah, she looks, looks good. Her face looks decidedly feminine, but there's no mistaking her for a person. Like that's a turtle. That is a female turtle. But I think it's a combination of, oh, girl, no, mm, we're not supposed to like it. Well, why not? Well, because it's just, that's just the way it is. It's like, okay, well, <laughs> uh, okay. But, but like, in Venus's defense, I think she's, like, a real, I think she's a really cool character. I think she's, she's a Ninja Turtle with magic powers, you know? Yeah. And even if you didn't, if you put her in IDW and you just made her another a self-trained lady who, like, got mutated into a turtle. Like, no magic at all, but she was just, like, a hardcore street fighter. 
I think that would be really cool. I mean, but if you wanted to do the magic aspect, and, like, IDW's probably looking for a new villain after, like, issue 90. You know, like, after they deal with the Pantheon, what yeah. are we going to do? The Dragon Lord, you know? And you ah, can't true. do the Dragon Lord without the Venus de Milo. Yeah, I mean, the magic's there. It's already there. It'd be so easy to incorporate her somehow. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with them being so many uh, issues in advance into it, I, who knows? Who's to say it's not already been written somewhere? You know? Oh, I know. Yeah, she's been she's been introduced and killed off already. In their, <laughs> you know, that's already a story arc. I know. Yeah, it's like they're. I mean, the reality is, is they're writing next year's comics right now. Yeah, you know. And I'll tell you what, though. I'll tell you what. If anyone could pull it off, IDW could. And I think, I, th- I think people would love it. Yeah. It, I, you know what? I mean, the Ninja Turtles, if nothing else. I mean, it's a. It is a property called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. They are asking the reader to just give a little bit of a chance. Right. You know, it's it's not like it's called... I mean, I mean this with a, a full heart, <laughs> and I mean this in the best way possible. Uh-oh. It's not something that sounds cool like Batman, yeah. you know, <laughs> Superman or Wonder Woman. Those sound immediately attractive to the, to the ear, to the listener. It's called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. That's that's just a, a bunch of words that do not belong together. That sounds <laughs> off-putting, but that cover looks cool. I'm going to give it a shot. And holy crap, this is amazing. That's you got to it, it asks for a little bit of uh, patience from the audience. Well, and, I mean, and, yeah, you're exactly right. And and with a title like that, a quirky title like that, yeah. you can't take it too seriously. As far as it can only have these certain things to in order to be yeah. Ninja Turtle canon. I, I in, yeah. in my opinion. It sounds like a Roger Corman movie, you know. It's just like <laughs> that can't be good. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, Toxic Crusaders, you know, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, I digress. No, oh, good stuff. Good stuff. So, um, we are actually at a point now in the next mutation where we are finally finishing, <laughs> like a year later, we're finally finishing the first story arc of the series. Um, and of course, for those of you who might not know, uh, the next mutation was only around for one year, one season. One year. And for those of you who probably forgot since the last time we watched, I know I did, uh, here's a quick recap that I found of the last episode, and it's all coming back to me slowly. Uh, Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like I watched the other ones. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so here it is. The Dragon Lord sets his minion, Wick, I always forgot the little guy's name, uh, Wick and several rank dragons out into the world to gather ingredients for an invincibility serum. They are unable to find enough ingredients for more than a few doses, so they attempt to gather the exotic bones they require from the Bronx Zoo. The turtles intercept them and work together to foil their plan. That was on the last episode, so they're trying to make this invincibility serum, um, and it makes you really wonder why. The, the Dragon Lord, he's here on Earth now. He's, he's not on the spiritual plane. What is he going to use this serum for? Is it for his army? which is not to be confused with the Foot Clan. And for those of you who might not never watched, the Foot Clan and Shredder are defeated, I think, either in the first or second episode. Second uh, episode. Second yeah. episode, yeah. So the Foot Clan and Shredder are really no threat, at least right now. To be honest with you, I don't think I've watched every single episode, and that's why I look forward to these. I don't think they ever show up again. Shredder gets killed off, and that's it from the Foot Clan. Right, and I, and I dare say that that wasn't going to be the plan forever. I have a oh, feeling yeah. that they were going to incorporate the Dragon Lord for a while and then eventually bring Shredder back if, if the show had lasted longer. 
they made they made a Shredder figure. If they made a figure, he was going to come back. Right, yeah. right. So well, I wouldn't mind having that Shredder figure. The, the next mutation line is super expensive, man. Oh. Be careful. Is it a Playmates line or? It's Playmates, yeah. Playmates. A lot of people don't remember this, but like the Ninja Turtles uh, original action figure line went to 1996, and then right in 1997, there were next mutation figures. Oh, okay. I got and you. Actually, in '97, they were both running at uh, concurrent uh, concurrently. They were both wow. lines of action figures were going, and the next mutation line went on until about 1999. So it wow. was about a year and a half to two years with the toys and vehicles. That that's impressive. That's impressive. And the the funny thing about that to me, or the interesting about that, interesting thing about that, I can't talk tonight. Is, <laughs> is the thing I remember the toy out the. T- I can't talk. What's wrong with me? I've only had a Coke. I swear. Man, rum and Coke? Man. <laughs> no. no, just the straight up stuff. That's what I got going. Yeah, just yeah, straight rum. Yeah, man. you yeah. got it. Oh, yeah. Straight down. Why is the rum gone? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but what I was trying to say is um, <laughs> that in the late 90s, I still went down the – I'm a dork. I still went down the toy aisles, but I don't remember any of these figures, the next mutation figures, and it's interesting that – the original line and the next mutation line had overlapped, so that means there was a lot of supply out there. There was a lot of turtle figures out there, but I just don't remember them. I vaguely remember seeing a next mutation figure when I was a kid, like at like at my local Walgreens or something. But just like at that time, I was just yeah. I think I was fourteen, almost fifteen. I was like, I'm not buying toys right now. <laughs> not doing that. And that lasted till I was like, you know. Three years ago. <laughs> so. Interesting stuff. Okay, I'll ask you one last question here. I want to put you on the spot here. Because yeah, go for it. Hopefully, you'll have the same answer I do. Did part of you, even in your early teenage years, when you knew it wasn't cool, did part of you still want to buy some toys? Oh, yeah, man. I, I did, had, too. <laughs> I did. You know, I, I had a very small collection of figures. I had my four Ninja Turtles. I had... I tried getting, like, the best figure of whatever line I could. So I had the best Batman figure I could find. I had the best Spider-Man figure that I could find and afford <laughs> for the job I had. And I had, like, a couple. I had, like, I was really big into the Kenner, Predator, and Aliens lines. Oh, awesome. Um, I really lo- Actually, it was just the Predator. I had a couple of Aliens, but I didn't really care about Aliens that much. I still don't. I'm, I'm a Predator fan. And so I had every Predator that I could find and... I was a big, I was, see, I was a big comic book fan, so I went to, I still am, mostly, kind of, Mm -hmm. um, so I went to a lot of comic book shops, and so that was usually when I did my action figure shopping, was when I was at the comic shop. If I couldn't find a comic, if I couldn't find comics I wanted, I would look at their action figures, but that's when I learned about just weird, like, you know, price sharking from the people that own the comic book stores, because you could go to, like, Walmart, or I think maybe Target was around at that time, but uh, you could find, like, your average X-Men figure for, like, three bucks. Yeah. <laughs> four bucks, and, like, mid to late 90s, like, four or five bucks for an action figure, and then you'd go to your local comic shop, your mom and pop shop. And you would be paying 12 to 15 bucks for, like, the same action figure. Yeah, I remember that. So it was rare for me to buy an action figure when I was a teenager because I just, I couldn't find what I want. At that point, I was really selective of what I wanted because I didn't really have any place to put them because my room was really small when I was a kid. And I just, I, I didn't know, 
I didn't know what I wanted, really. I knew I wanted comics, and I wanted video games, and I had money for comics. I didn't have money for video games. <laughs> oh, sweet. Well, what do you say? I'm looking at the time. I'm looking at the timestamp on the YouTube video. We could have been done with this episode twice. <laughs> right? I know. I know. Well, that's that's. I'm sorry. We were meant for podcasting, my friend. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Whether or not anyone's listening to us, you know, that's a different story. <laughs> Hi, mom. So, <laughs> Okay, guys, so uh, last but not least, if you want to follow along with us, the whole show is on YouTube, the whole series, so you can check that out. Um, you can and also find it on Netflix, too. That's right, yeah, it's still on Netflix. I kind of forgot yep. about that. It's on Netflix. Yeah, yeah, well, perfect. So if you want to follow along with us, we are on Episode 5. This is East Meets West, episode or Part 5, I should say. And just for the record, this episode aired on October 10th of 1997, so we're getting on uh, about 20 years now, so... It's hard to believe. It's crazy, man. Yeah. Getting old, man. Yeah. We are. I, I'm old. Man, I'm That's true. <laughs> I don't have no gray hair in my beard, though. Man. I can't even <laughs> grow a beard. Don't worry, man. So. <laughs> well, I figured, you know, the more I cover up, the better for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me go ahead and uh, pull mine up. Okay, I got mine ready. So, okay, guys, if you'll follow along, um, we're going to go ahead and click play in five, four, three, two. One and click. Last week on turtles. There's Ramp on his motorcycle. Man, that motorcycle looks cool. It's it is it is really cool that like that was actually a dude in a turtle costume who was brave enough to ride a motorcycle. <laughs> I know. I always wonder like, what like people uh, you know driving by are thinking when they see something like that. <laughs> I know. Okay, right away. This is my big complaint with the show. Okay. I wish. I wish to high heaven they didn't have those cartoon slapstick sound effects. Oh, you didn't? You don't like the the where? Not you know it works in like the last time on Next Mutation, but like during the show, like proper, it just it. Nah, I, I wouldn't have done that. <laughs> now, do they have sound effects like that in the Power Rangers show? I really can't remember. Would imagine they did. I can't. Yeah, whenever they were dealing with Bulk and Skull. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I. I I can hear that. Yeah. All right, so what's going on here? We got... I, so Leonardo. are they still at the zoo? Leonardo's talking to this turtle. Okay, so he must be in the... Um, well, is, I guess he's communicating with the Dragon Lord somehow. Oh, it was a dream. The dream warriors. <laughs> he was stuck in the dream realm. Yeah. A new way. Man, you know, I'm I'm not even going to apologize. I, I like you. You like what? I like these suits. You, you like the suits? Yeah, I do. They're okay. They're all right. You know. It's just, you know, I, well, you know, I'm, I'm, if you like the, the, the new movies, uh, looking at, look at the, uh, the Ninja Turtles from the new movies, if you can accept those, you can accept these, you know? Yeah. They're both just kind of radically different. Like, these ones at uh, least, pun intended, like, right? Look, What's that? Pun intended, right? You said oh, radical. Yeah, totally, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, it's cool. It's, I've been talking a mile a minute, but, uh, I mean, these suits look like they are a progression of the movies from 1990, you know? I mean, they, they kind of look, they look very similar to that, with just extra headbands for some reason. Yeah, and extra muscle, man. These guys must work out. Oh, dude, these dudes are pumped. Yeah, Jack. They're like... They're like Hans and Franz. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Poor Wick. Yeah. 
I, th- I think Wick was probably Salacious Crumb from Return of the Jedi, inspired <laughs> by him. You'd have, you'd have to be. Yeah. yeah. And I guess that would make the Dragon Lord Jabba the Hutt. Jabba got in shape. Yeah. yeah no kidding. Jeez. Hey, go show you. Look what a couple months in the gym can do for you. A couple dozen months, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So the Dragon Lord, I think what's going on here is he's wanting to get some more of that. Invincibility serum, or at least the ingredients to make more. Okay. So they're going to go back to the zoo again? I think they're milking the storyline. <laughs> it's pretty obvious that Wick is like a hand puppet. Because <laughs> he's always behind something. Oh, there's a fat beat for you. Hmm. Oh, I wonder who drew that. Besides Raph. Well, Donatello? Voila! This spectral analyzer should tell us what's in the door to the supernatural. You're giving me the creeps. Ancient folk medicine. You're giving me the creeps. Man, Michelangelo is just chowing down on that popcorn. No kidding. Just... I don't know how he stays in shape. Yeah, see what I'm saying with the voices there? Yeah. So what do you think about, like, the big headbands that they're wearing? Like, they're, like, full head masks. Um, are all of them doing that? I guess all of um, them do that, don't they? Donatello and Leonardo and Venus, have. Venus, yeah. Or Venus doesn't have it, yeah. Um, I, I'm not crazy about it. That's just only because I'm used to what I'm used to. So I guess that's nostalgia playing a part yeah, of that. Yeah, well, I mean, it's not even nostalgia. I mean, it just a headband looks better. You know? Yeah, yeah, they kind of look more like uh, gangsters. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, get, I get what you're saying, yeah. But you know what? Like, to be fair, there's this there's this book called The Visual History of the Ninja Turtles, mm-hmm. which I'm sure you have that. Oh, yes, actually, I do, yeah. yeah they, have a, they have concept art of the turtles, all five turtles there, drawn by Kevin Eastman. And to be fair, like, that full headband... Thing that Donatello and Leonardo are doing looks a lot better, like on me. Like this. Oh yeah. Look a lot better. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. It's just one of those things. Like it just in real life, it just doesn't transfer. Oh yeah. Oh, there's that beat again. Yep. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> ah, so Leonardo's once again in the dream realm. I wonder who's talking to him. He sounds oh, evil. I got a question for you. Yeah, fire away. What looks better, the turtle suits in Next Mutation or the turtle suits in um, uh, We Wish You a Turtle Christmas? Oh, no, hands down, Next Mutation. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, man, don't yeah. judge me too quickly. You know? <laughs> oh, I like the turtle cycle. Um, But yeah, yeah, I... We wish you a total Christmas. I, were they the same costumes as the Out of Our Shells tour? They were. I, they were at least based on it. But yeah, they, yeah. they were the same. They were the same ones. Yeah. You know, I, I rag on We Wish You Turtle Christmas, but you know what the funny thing is? Yeah. I still think it's got some charm too. I don't know well, yeah. why. It it just does. You know, it puts me in the Christmas spirit. I can't help it. Ninja Turtle, man. You know what? Ninja Turtles. They have a certain amount of charm. They do. Even they the bad just, stuff. They're just really cool, man. They're, they're just cool and fun. 
And um, and I'll tell you what, some of those songs, they're earworms, man. They they get stuck in there. Yeah, man. And you know what? Like to be fair, like I was all about the out of their shells tour when I was a kid. I had oh that, me too. I had that on cassette. I had the posters. Oh. Your book. You know, like I'm my, uh, when I was a kid, man. My every every payday was Pizza Hut day. My dad <laughs> loved Pizza Hut. And Pizza Hut when when uh. Out of the sh- out of the shelves, out of their shelves was coming out. They, you know, they had they sold the tapes and everything. They sold the magazine, and my dad got me the magazine and the tape. Wow! So that's how I got that. That's pre- that's pretty awesome. See, it's funny you bring up Pizza Hut, man. That was a big part of my childhood too, man. I, I remember yeah. a lot of times Friday nights we'd go there, and that's of course I've told the story many times on the show. That's where I played the Turtles arcade game for the first time. That's where. Um, I remember getting coupons with previews, or um, you know, it was it was a date of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle film, the first film coming out. Man, just so many cool memories associated with the Turtles at Pizza. Yeah, yeah you know, and oh god, um, I really, I you know, Pizza Hut was one of those cool things. It's not the same, you know. They've got so many great pizzas nowadays, but like, it's just going there was like such a big deal when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah, you're exactly the same. Same with us because we didn't eat out all the time. Yeah, we had we would go out. We would go out. Um, my dad got paid every two weeks, so like that first Friday we went to like Burger King, and that second that next Friday we went. To Pizza Hut. That's awesome. Because it was like my mom loved Burger King and my dad loved Pizza Hut, so. They, <laughs> And my sister and I just like reap the benefits of it. So heck yeah, yeah, that's the way to do it. That's it's amazing how similar we are. Cause uh, when my dad and my mom had uh, split up, my dad would take us every other weekend, my sister and, and me. And uh, he'd always either take us to Burger King every now and then, McDonald's if my sister wanted McDonald's, or yeah. um, you know Pizza Hut. And then uh, I think that was about it as far as fast food restaurants. Yeah. It's crazy. Like I used to love Burger King when I was a kid, and then like as I got older, I kind of like McDonald's a little bit more. Oh, see, I'm I'm Burger King guy all the way. You know, and maybe it's maybe it's just the Burger Kings I've been to. You know, because sure, it's something about like Burger King just like doesn't. It's not as good as it used to be. And maybe that's I don't I don't even know if that's nostalgia or something. Like I remember like the first time I had a Whopper. Oh yeah, I, me too. My parents told me that I was like, well, you know, you got to get off the kids menu. Like they they just, I was like, okay, fine. <laughs> or maybe it was just like you know, I just wanted the kids menu because I got a toy or something like that. But I remember like the first time I thought I was growing up enough to have a Whopper. Oh, me too. Like, I mean, like before you got your driver's license, you were all about when did you get that first Whopper. <laughs> you know, oh, that's funny, man. Did you ever kiss a girl? Have you kissed a girl yet, man? That guy ain't even got a Whopper yet. Yeah, he man. He's not even yet. close, man. Yeah. Start him off with a Whopper Junior. <laughs> somehow. <laughs> Somehow we're all from Jersey. Man, he ain't even kissed Man. no girl yet. He ain't got no Whopper yet. Man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny that you bring that up. I, I I feel bad we've not even talked about the show, but it's it's true, you know, as far as the Whopper standard. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I remember my dad. Uh, I also, one of the saddest days in, in my childhood was a day that my sister... Uh, and I think it was either the Burger King one, it might have been McDonald's, but we were going into this one play place, and my dad goes, son, you're about too big for that. He's like, but uh, don't worry, don't worry, we'll get you a Whopper. Uh, and I just yeah. felt like the, I felt like a big boy. 
Yeah, that was that was the trade-off, <laughs> and it was the best trade-off. It really ever. was. It really was. And you know, you know, I never even went. I don't think I ever went on the play places when I was a kid. You know, oh, see, like, I did. Oh. Nowadays, they got play places that are like I'm jealous of my kids going on the play <laughs> because like they're like three stories tall, full of slides and ball pits and oh, I know jungle gyms and. I think, like, the play place that I went on when I was a kid was we got to play with the microphone by the drive through area, you know? Just, like, we got to go outside and we'd, try, we'd go outside and we'd try to, like, stomp on the sensor that would sense the car. You know, we try to stomp on that. So oh, that's awesome. Crank called. <laughs> you know, the funny thing for me, um, it's just a little, I guess, hobby or, or uh, fascination I have with old restaurants or old fast food restaurants I just think they're so so neat like I love old um, Happy Meal toys from the, like the, the 80s and the early 90s you know anything that reminds me of my childhood and I also love the old play places and the old McDonald and Burger King designs and stuff but yeah yeah I remember playing uh, outside at this one McDonald's and it was the coolest play place outside because they actually had statues of some of the McDonald's characters out there. You know, oh, along. okay. It was cool. I've so, seen those before. I, I never went to one like that, but I've seen those. Yeah, oh, always, yeah. It was exactly. the coolest thing. And I also met um, Batman for the first time at a McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Uh, I, I, I met Mac the Knight, that moon <gasps> player. I met him at a McDonald's once, and I got like a little Mac the Knight uh, Happy Meal toy. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was like it was uh after school, like on a Tuesday, he was signing autographs. And the autographs he was signing were uh McDonald's gift certificates. That's cool. And, and everybody got one of those autograph gift certificates and a happy meal toy and a free happy meal and my mom took me after school and like all the kids went to it and we all got to meet him and I shook his hand and he was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. Yeah, I remember I was sitting my, with my mom, and for some I don't know where my sister was, but uh, I was just sitting there eating my burger, and I look over, and this guy decked out in the full, like, 1989 Tim Burton's Batman. You know, that was uh, Michael Keaton walked through the door, it seemed like. He just comes in, orders a meal, and my mom goes, you want to talk to him? I said, I was, I was a little intimidated. I was a little scared. And finally, I must have enough courage to talk to him, and uh, he, he shook my hand, and... and uh, I forget what else, but I asked him. I said, "Where's your Batmobile?" He's like, "Oh, it's all, it's it's in the woods." I was like, "Whoa, it's in the woods!" Yeah, and it's so so I get it. I get into mom's car, and I was like, "Okay, we got to go find this Batmobile." My mom's like, "Uh, no, we we gotta get going. We're running late." <laughs> but I was like obsessed. I was like, "It's got to be there. We got to go see it." Batman needs me. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, yeah. See, I. I yeah, like old. I don't really have like a fascination with like uh, old fast food culture kind of stuff. Like, mm. I've seen like Happy Meal toys. And I was like, I I, I kind of do miss the old. My sister used to work at McDonald's. She was a manager at McDonald's. Oh yeah. And she she used to just bring home Happy Meal toys for me. Oh man, you probably got a treasure trove. I I used to anyway. Yeah, but like I I've as I've gotten older, I like really got like super into like seeing old school like diners. Oh yeah. And, yeah, just because that that was all that was really around when I was a kid. I mean, the town I grew up in, had, we had to go, we had to go someplace to another town, like like that. But like, town had had just like just 
So like when I see a big boy restaurant or something, I don't remember where it is there. That's awesome. Yeah, it's like I love the big boy restaurant. I don't even think there are any. Yeah. Uh, I I know there used to be one in Pigeon Forge here in Tennessee, but gosh, I I've not been there in about ten years. Man, yeah, it's it's been it's got it's been probably about twenty five years since I've been to one. Oh like, wow! I'm always on the lookout for one. Yeah, but like I love old like old school diners. Yeah, me too. Where Especially it's like, like the '50s style. Yeah, where like you know you get like real. Handmade food, not something that was frozen and forgotten. Oh yeah, that's the that's the good stuff, man. Yeah. And by the way, I have to say this fight scene with the Dragon Lord and the Turtles was really good. Man, if there was a fight. I'm I feel so bad talking over it, but there was an awesome fight between uh, Raphael and Leonardo when they're sparring each other. Yeah, I missed that. I, I was so focused on what I was saying, I kind of talked over. it. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully, listeners are actually watching this more than we are. We were just—I we, must be hungry. We were just talking about food, and just like everything went out the window for me. So, oh, I know it, I know it. Me too. I'm, I'm bad for it. Man, we're like Michelangelo. Yeah. Well, you know what? I mean, all due respect to the people that worked their butts off to make this show, because obviously, oh, yeah. they did. But. That's kind of what this show is. It's like this is just kind of on while I'm folding clothes or putting away shoes or something. Like that. <laughs> right. It really is, and like to be fair, a huge portion of the original animated series is the same way. You know. <laughs> it really is. Yeah, yeah. You hate to admit it. Pretty much all of the 2003 series is like that for me. It's just kind of oh, sad. you don't mean that. Nah, you know what? I I reckon it's one of those things, man. Where like I recognize that the 2003 series is good, but it just doesn't hit me the way all the other ones do. It just it just doesn't. I, I think it will by the end of the first season. I really do. Cause I'm, that's when I'm, I'm gonna have to. I I mean I've I've bought I've bought all the DVDs. I've got to sit down and watch it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Because right now we're like you know with the 2003. Um, by the way, I have to say this episode was not bad. This was an action-packed episode. It really was. It was basically like a 20-minute fight scene. But um, but yeah, back to the 2003 series. Right now we're at a point where we're about halfway through the first season. And it's a lot of one-shots. It's a lot of short stories. But when we finally get to some of the Shredder story arcs at the tail end of the first season, yeah. there's some good stuff that, that you know you, you definitely want to come back for. So... I actually think it, it might sell you by that, by the end of you that know, first season. I've seen enough like just one shot episodes that come later, so I've seen them out of context. I've seen enough of those to where like I I, I can see where I would really like the show. It's kind of like mm-hmm. I saw the episode where I think it was the first episode that Usagi Ojimbo showed up in, oh. and it was like just after an episode arc where Leonardo like made the wrong decision or he got hurt and couldn't lead the team. And he was really, like, punishing himself by overtraining and overtraining. And Usagi Ojimbo said to him, you know, I was in the same predicament you were in, but it cost me my master's life. And they're saying this while they're dueling with each other. Ah, that's awesome. And, you know, Usagi Ojimbo, like, pretty much says to him, was like, I was exactly where you were once, and I barely got myself out of it. Don't make the same mistakes I did. And that reminds me, actually, of your story, man. Because there's, yeah. there's a chapter in there where Usagi gives, was it Leo or Raph? Yeah, advice? Leonardo. That's right, yeah, yeah. So see, guys, got to read this story. There's a lot of 
homages to the the classics. The thing about the 2003 series that honestly kind of just just kind of gets my goat is like is just like I don't like how Casey Jones is just I mean Casey Jones is not supposed to be an idiot. You what know? are you talking about? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's a mook from from Brook, <laughs> you know. But that's never been Casey Jones. Casey Jones has never been an idiot, you know. I mean, no, no. And I just and as a Casey, I mean Casey Jones is my guy. I think he's all of our guy, you know. Mm-hmm. I think we all love the turtles, but we identify with Casey because he's us in that comic, you know. Sure, sure. Well, he, here's my thing. I think the voice makes him sound kind of yeah dumb and that that was what i was gonna say like casey and Raphael, their voice work i just don't care for oh, see, I, I, I actually think raf's really works that, that's just me personal preference yeah I, he say, he reminds me of the 1990 film raf the, the voice yeah you, you know but like the 1990 film like they all kind of sounded similar enough to where like you knew they were all brothers but like Raphael in t- the 2003 movie sounds so distinct from all three of his brothers. It's like he's trying to put that. Up. He's trying to put that voice on. Ah, just, see, be, just be yourself, man. Just well, be yourself. sure, sure. Well, back to the Casey thing. I think I really like that episode with him and Angel. Remember Angel's first appearance in the that 2003? Was, that was surprising. Yeah. Yeah, you know, the, the almost kind of like the um, you know big brother little sister kind yeah, of the brother sister thing, which is I what like they that. got going on in the comics too. Which is yeah, a great great tribute to the cartoon. I really like that, and uh, there are some other one shots with Casey later on that I think would probably sell you too. You had mentioned my uh, turtle story, and I was thinking I'm going to rewrite. I've I kind of made the decision uh, recently. I'm going to rewrite the whole thing. Take oh. out, I'm gonna take out some characters in a specific arc. Like what my, what I'm planning is like almost kind of a non-linear story where like every other chapter you get you go back in time and see what happened with what happened when Ace Duck met the Mutanimals and what happened when oh, Raphael cool. went off by himself and what happened when Venus fir- first met Michelangelo because you know I put Venus in the in the story and her and Michelangelo have a thing that nobody knows about. You know, ah, yeah. How did that start? You know, I I thought of all and like where are what mutants are the dominators still experimenting on? Who's still alive? And I was like, I got to put Scratch in there because nobody's ever done anything with them, and I'm going to do something with them. Ah, like, cool. You know, they were in one point in my story. You found out that they were harvesting mutagen from Rocksteady. Well, eventually, Rocksteady's body he he died, and Scratches their next and last person in line to start harvesting mutagen and so he's gonna be like nah (laughs) and so he's got to break out of the uh you know the the jail cell that the dominators have him in so i could put him in that classic black and white striped uh jumpsuit that's cool that's a really cool idea so guys on behalf of josh and myself uh we hope you have a great night and uh here's hope you enjoy your nicole casserole Processed cheese, macaroni and cheese, the hot dog pizza. A cowbunga dude. Cowbunga everyone. Oh god, I'm trying not to sneeze. Hold on. <laughs> I'm sorry. Is it coming? I don't know, hold on. Let me look at the sun real quick. Does that help? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. <laughs> there we go. That was okay. weird. <laughs>
Yeah, if you look directly at the sun, you won't just go blind. You'll also start sneezing uncontrollably. Okay. <laughs> I never did that. See, I'm learning all kinds of stuff today. Yeah. Uh, the Blood Brothers... Blah, I can't talk today. The Blood Brothers has successful, successfully... Jeez, I'm drunk. <laughs> on, on coffee. Apparently, I'm talking a lot of crap today. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, <I'm> just... <laughs> oh, name dropping! Here we go. <laughs> name dropping. Name dropping and head dropping. Here uh-huh. we go. Yeah, that's right. Jaw dropping. Yeah. 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 I've been working out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Looks amazing, and like this. Oh no. Oh, there goes Casey. That was Raphael. Yeah. Okay. Oh, crap. That made it nice. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. Okay. How's it going, man? Oh, not too bad. Not too bad. (laughs) Bless your heart, man. You're a busy man. Uh, You know what? It's... Hold on. This is Coke, I swear to God. <laughs> you gotta have a cold one, eh? Hold on, here comes one of the, here comes a girl who has to talk to you. Hi. Well, hey, Elsie, how are you, hon? Are you still playing that Undertale game? Yeah. Oh, yeah? I'm right before, but I'm at Mad Dummy. Mad Dummy? Is he one of the villains? Uh, no, he's just a guy there. <laughs> he's a, he's a, one of those dummies possessed by ghosts. Oh, well, it's like me, I'm a mad dummy. <laughs> I wouldn't guess anything. <laughs> right. I'll see you. You keeping your dad straight, hon? Yeah. Please. <laughs> well, that's good. Yesterday was my golden birthday. Your golden birthday? Why is it your golden birthday? Because um, my birthday's on the 9th and it was on the 9th day. Wow, awesome. She turned 9 yesterday. So Stop putting your feet up here. Jesus. Well, happy birthday. Thanks. That is awesome. I can't even remember when I was nine. It was the year before you were ten. Oh, wise guy, eh? <laughs> yeah. Wise guy. Oh, sweet man. Vincent's here, too. Hey, bro. Dan- Danica, come here. <laughs> uh, who-, who says get to the chopper? Is that Vincent? That's, that's all of them. They all think they're the first one to say it. So... <laughs> Rob called me, guys. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Vincent? I'm, um, I'm working on you. Oh, God. No, hold on. He's making a grappling hook. He's going to explain it in a half hour. <laughs> <laughs> a grappling hook? Yeah. Uh, so, I... Really? We're, we're doing this all over again? Yeah. Tell okay, me all no. about it. Call a bonga! Rob. Oh, sorry, okay. Don't, don't pick it down. Don't. Okay. So. Nope. <laughs> nope. Watch your movie. Uh, oh, stop it. Okay. <laughs> Elsie's out sticking out her lips. <laughs> oh, I love your kids, man. Oh, God. You have, like, the best behaved kids I've ever seen. No joke. You asked, you asked me yesterday, or on Saturday, it's like, I can't see you being an angry guy. It's like, you want to just give me, like, five minutes to them. Just, like, explain. <laughs> like, how oh. I'm supposed to live my life. And they're just like, I love those kids. Oh, man. 
They're I good. love them too. Uh, you know. But well, I know, I, mean, I know, you're dead. To be fair, you know. <laughs> I mean, you kind of have to. Yeah, I mean, they're there. <laughs> <laughs> With the accents, yours isn't as thick as hers. I've noticed. You kind of sound. What's the word? The word where there's really no accent. Yeah, American. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Was it a Midwestern accent they call that? Yeah, or? Midwestern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can definitely hear it in Nicole's a little bit when she says certain words. She, yeah, I've she seen, sounds Canadian, eh? I've seen Nicole drunk once, and you feel like <laughs> it kind of sounds like at the beginning of the night it's my wife Nicole, and then at the end of the night it's like I married Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, she's the great one. She is the great one, yeah. That's, that's what I mean by that. She, she doesn't believe me. Yeah, yeah, I hear you, man. I know. Yeah, yeah I know. And I have, I have a very short fuse uh, for stupid. Oh, boy. No, I don't really handle I'm a goner. Stupid, yeah, you know. Oh, speaking of that, you when you were talking about the Power Rangers a few episodes ago, I finally saw the movie and I loved it. It was good. Oh, it's good, right? Yeah, yeah. I watched it over at um, my brother-in-law's house for the Fourth of July, and you know it was kind of crazy. You got three babies running around, but uh, I got to catch most of it, and I really liked it. Dude, yeah, it's 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 kind of weird how how much of the movie doesn't have the Power Rangers in it. It's like right, it's like at the very end. It's like literally, it's a two-hour movie, and the Power Rangers don't show up until the last thirty minutes. Right. And yeah. The joke of that movie is, is like the movie ends with an episode of the Power Rangers. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, and it really does. Like they morph, they fight the putties, they fight Goldar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. By the way, I was a little upset with Goldar. He looked oh, awesome. Yeah? But he didn't have the wolf face. And he didn't talk like this, Rita! <laughs> yeah, I know. I kind of like that Rita, uh, just, uh, like, Goldar was just a drone for her. I kind of yeah. like that because, you know, you've spent so much time with the Power Rangers, and there's only one central... There's no... There, there wasn't time to introduce another central villain. <laughs> it was Rita's story. I liked that, you know. Yeah. And I like that it was the same, like, she just kind of created the putties from... The, you know the earth and so she created Goldar from another material I like that yeah yeah and he looked uh, awesome I, I, yeah he looked good is there a figure of that I wouldn't mind having one of those yeah there, there's yeah there's a bunch of figures for that uh, Power Rangers thing that is probably what's gonna save the Power Rangers movie franchise and get it a sequel because oh are they gonna do a sequel I heard they weren't they they weren't and then the numbers for the merchandise and the blu-ray sales like that movie has been number one in Blu-ray and digital movie sales since it came out. What? I didn't know that. Wow! I didn't even know the Blu-ray was out yet. Yeah. The, well. Yeah, it came out digitally uh, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, and then it came out on a physical on Blu-ray and DVD a week after it came out digitally, and it's been like number the number one seller since then. That's awesome. Like, like merchandise is gonna save. If, if there is a way of saving it, it's going to be because of merchandising. Yeah. Merchandising. Yeah, merchandising, you know. <laughs> Power Rangers the Flamethrower, man. The, the kids, kids love, love it. that. Yeah, <laughs> obviously. I mean, like, Mel, Mel Brooks wasn't wrong. It's just like, that's where the real money's made. Absolutely. You, you put fire in there, the kids are over it every time. Yeah, and 
you know, I, I really, I really dug that movie just because it, that's what, you know, a reboot is supposed to do. It's just like, it took the Power Rangers in a different direction, took the characters you knew and showed you another side of them. And let's face it, let's face it, I love the Power Rangers, but even as a kid, I knew it was cheesy. I knew it was kind of phony looking. This film, um, kind of, I, I dare say legitimized the yeah. franchise. Like, uh, you know, it, it was just a cool movie, you know, yeah, that just happened to have the Power Rangers. How, how easy would it have been to have made just a cheesy 90-minute just cash grab? And they didn't right. do it. Yeah, you're right. You know, they they, they actually took time to get um, a movie with five lead characters to give them each somewhat equal screen time. Because that that movie, it can be argued that that movie is really about Jason, Billy, and Kimberly. Mm-hmm. You know, like, Zach and Trini are there. They, they have their backstories, and they're all good, well-rounded backstories. But the majority of the time, like, you know, they get like, they get like it's like 60-40 between three of them and the other two yeah because you know really really everybody comes together because billy wants to do something there's something that billy has to do right yeah i'll have to to watch it again because i i kind of missed that but uh yeah even chris beth liked it she sat there um she she tried to watch some of it when she came home or when we came home she was talking about it how much she enjoyed it wants to see it again so i was like it's great we'll have to get the blu-ray yeah, it's it's really good. Yeah, I really enjoyed that movie. Awesome. Like that that movie. This sounds like this kind of sounds like a negative, but like that movie is so much better than it really has any right to be. Right? Because <laughs> it's Power Rangers. Yeah, you're right. That's what I'm saying. Like you know, I I, I love I love the franchise, but you know, I knew it was kind of a dorky thing. But mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, I'm with you there. Yeah. <clears throat> well, sweet man. Well, you want to go ahead and uh, get this thing started? All right, yeah. <laughs> in our typical fashion, we Yeah, 45, I guess. Yeah, just about right. it. 36 minutes <laughs> in. Here we go. 